0: Ego acknowledges the traditional owners of the land upon which we record, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and the Wadawurrung
1: people of the Kulin Nation.
0: We pay our respects to the elders past, present, and emerging.
2: Get down, get down,
0: it's Ego Good evening, everybody. I am Good Brother, and I'm Lil Silky. Welcome to Ego Hour, the show where we deliver objectively true film reviews. Start the timer for me, Tom. It's
1: ego Anything said over the next 60 minutes will stand up in a court of law, and any argument you find yourself in with a film school These it's reviews out. are non-negotiable,
0: non-refundable, and nondescript. So, let's talk about yeah, Red Hot yeah, Chili yeah. Peppers Live at Celine Castle.
1: Released on the 17th of November, 2003, Red Hot Chili Peppers Live at Slane Castle, also known by its Irish release title, Thousands of People Pay Hundreds of Dollars to Watch the Backs of Each Other's Heads, is the fifth concert film of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. The performance occurred on August 23, 2003, and features the Chili Peppers playing songs from their discography up until their 2002 album, By The Way. The performance clocks in with a runtime of 1 hour and 40 minutes and may just leave your lily white ass tickled pink.
0: <laughs> all right. So,
1: ju- let's address that immediately. Two memes to lead off the uh, intro. I
0: think we can... Are we going to skip the, the check-in just because we're obviously fucking buzzing after this. We're feeling good right, we're after this. How to are you? I'm good. Cast. I'm great. All right. What, what do you have for me? So, first of all,
1: the... The uh, location, the venue, Slane Castle, amazing concert location. Like, that castle looks amazing. And just, like, the whole sun setting in the film is really, really cool, right? Mm-hmm. But that is got to be, like, one of the worst places for a concert. Like, the slopeness is not built for that many people. There is, It's just, like, overly populated, non-COVID compliant, just like, you would get shit views and surely shit audio unless you got there like three hours early. Is that fair to say?
0: Well, the people who got there three hours or early would have been rewarded with a Foo Fighters concert, believe it or not. Yeah. Um, which also apparently is on DVD, which we haven't watched. So I can't really comment on that performance. But I don't Yeah, I agree. It's like a um, there's plenty of venues that are cool settings, but obviously shit for gigs. And I mean, I guess like as soon as you get to a certain size of, event you're not going to i mean it's the same as going to a, a, a big festival or something like that i guess like you get to a You'd certain size watch you're not you're not watching the music you can't see anything at,
1: and it would be better seeing that concert at slane castle easily than seeing it like eddie had stadium or something
0: <laughs> were there like screens on the side for the people there that i mean the band there was yeah i think there was yeah there must have been um, and
1: there's like a sound booth in the middle though um you can see it in the the cover photo but it's just like... Anyway, so let's introduce the listeners. So we are doing Red Hot Chili Peppers live at Slane Castle, and this is a pretty significant occurrence on the pod, but also a very um, highly anticipated occurrence on the pod.
0: That is true. When we were brainstorming movies to watch for our... when we first started the pod, this was very high on the list, despite the fact that does maybe not technically qualify, but you know, if it's on Letterboxd, we'll give it a go. I think that's our official is slogan. It? That's oh, fantastic. yeah. Fantastic.
1: Um, yeah. And so, pretty much the only backstory you need is that the Chili Peppers were a very significant band in the evolution of Bill uh, Silky and Good Brothers' lives. And I suppose watching this film reminds me that they were probably an important band in my music. Culture as well. Not just the songs themselves, but
0: the ethos. And what would that ethos be?
1: Well, just like a thing that Cocks immediately stood out to me in this concert. sorry.
0: Cox and
2: socks?
1: No, it's more red pants. Big fan of red Ooh. pants. <laughs> Yikes. A thing that immediately stood out to me, the Chili Peppers make live playing look really fun. Don't you reckon? Yep. I love the energy in this film.
0: <laughs> There's so much to talk about, let's be honest. I mean, yeah. I guess the response to that is like, if you're doing a live DVD, I think you're going to put your put your all into it, maybe. like It's not like they would have put out a concert that was not good. Or they weren't, like, G'd up for, I guess. I suppose so. I think what, my first quick observation is that it's, I think that we're kind of pretty far removed from the era where a huge show like this will only be four people on stage. I mean, I guess that probably is mm. the case with lots of bands, but it feels very... To me, that was something that stood out, like... Huge, huge um, event, and there's only f- three people playing instruments and one person singing, and then I guess there's like maybe back in track for like Zephyr Song or something with the drum mm. machine, but it's like that, that's pretty pretty crazy, you know. It, we kind of, I think, moved past that, and it was a nice little nostalgia trip even just for that purpose, I think.
1: Yeah, I've got plenty of comments about revising, like reflecting on the Chili Peppers' music, um, but it certainly was a thing that noticed that's like, you don't get four-person bands. And I suppose this comes with a a critical tinge, but the music you make is a lot different when you have only four people in a band, let alone one guy who can't play an instrument. Um,
0: Before we get too deep into the Anthony Kiedis
1: hate... um... (laughs) (laughs) Look, it's going to be... Look, Anthony Kiedis in this film is essentially like... I think I went through the whole stages. I went through every stage of the Anthony Kiedis process and I had the whole like this is like Anthony Kiedis, I think at the end of this podcast if you had a certain star rating before the podcast he's the type of guy you might talk yourself into a different rating at the end of this podcast is all I'm saying.
0: I just yeah I wanted to maybe go a bit more into like the contextual thing for for you and I um yeah. I just think that we should highlight for like for me like this is a a movie podcast, but it's also obviously close related to us making music and that sort of thing. And Chili Peppers are like my first, some of my earliest musical memories are, are the Red Hot Chili Peppers our, our mum playing. By the way, on on CD, so like I've got this huge thing. They're always in the back of my head. And then when we were growing up, we listened to rap music because we like you do as you do because you like NBA soundtracks and that's what it gets you into. Um, Mm -hmm. And so when I started playing guitar When I was like 15 Chilis were like the first band Or like one of the first bands that I like They like I really, really, really got into them Because I started learning this instrument And they were like this band I knew from my childhood that I liked And also like I feel like everyone in Geelong Likes the Red Hot Chili Peppers Like it was I I was obviously quite disillusioned Because I used to think that everybody Liked the Chili Peppers And then you kind of see that they don't really have the indie cred and everything. And, and they're a bit of a meme to a lot of people. But in Geelong, at least, they were like they would come on at 16th and everyone would be singing along. So I, I don't know. The Chili Peppers
1: performed at um, a Day on the Green or something, mm. uh, whatever that festival's called at the, yeah, uh, the winery, vineyard. Yeah. And it sold out like instantly. And like every man and his dog who you know went to the Chili Peppers and then like cotton on. Like, which is a Geelong established uh, business, uh, monolith, if you will, of, <laughs> of tacky t shirt printings. They were printing a red hot chili pepper shirt. So I, don't know that. There I think you go. I genuinely, I don't know if they had something to do with the merch of that concert or something, but there was definitely a line of chili peppers merch at Cotton On that was prominent in. Social media and just like streetwear for a while. It was a moment in Geelong's history. Um,
0: yeah. And I feel like they are inseparable from all the Geelong radio stations. Like they're absolute staples. They will never not play Can't Stop yep. on K Rock. You know what I mean? Like, mm. that,
1: yeah. okay, that's another thing. If you listen to uh, Triple M for more than, you know, two hours, you probably won't. If you end up changing back to Triple M to see if they have one of their good You're on there for songs the in 40 rotation, and nothing else, right? <laughs> Uh, Yeah, and the uh, the uh, Eddie McGuire show, of course. Love it, but they they it is a very prominent spin of Triple M to play under the bridge. So you get can't stop, and by the way, on K Rock, you get.
0: um, I think that under Under the the Bridge bridge is like the one that people most fondly remember, and I think that if you're not a Chili's fan, that you're most likely to like. It's kind of got this like. You know, it was earlier on in their career when they weren't as, like, polished, huge band sort of thing. It's got this kind of charm that makes it feel kind of more authentic, I guess, maybe uh, than... Are some... we unpacking Under the Bridge? Because I can talk about Under the Bridge. I don't know. I don't know how we'd... to go about this. We'd leave it a little later. I think the last comment I would just say about my experiences. is like, yeah, going back to being 15, we would have watched this when we were 15 tons of times, so I'm super familiar with it, and watching it was just, like, you know, slipping on an old pair of socks, as they say. Um <laughs> And the biggest part of it for me is, is John Frusciante, and I'm sure we'll talk about that in more detail, but I just think, like, when I was 15, that he was, like, my guy learning how to play guitar, and so that's why this is, like, very close to my heart, I guess. Does he win the movie? I think we can easily say straight away, John, John wins the movie. Uh, do you agree with that? I-, I don't
1: know if I do. Like, I know we're dabbling in, you know, a different podcast territory here, but... Like, I don't know. It, this is almost like there's the, the two arguments are, of course, the John Fru lane. But I also think there's a strong argument that Anthony Kiedis
0: wins this film. Interesting. <laughs> and Tom was, Tom was the flea to my John Frusciante. So, I'm, I'm interested. Of course. I learned bass guitar for a couple for, of weeks there. Of, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: the concert begins with first an iconic riff. That you've never heard before, unless you've seen the film, in which you've very much heard it before. Um, with a, and then we kick off with fireworks. Um, not not literally; they're safe for Musical the end of, the fireworks. <laughs> of course. Creative fireworks. Yes, we start off with. By the way, which is look. One of the Chili Peppers' best songs, one of their biggest classics, and I think that everyone, like a lot of people, like and no one like, by the way. Other context is that I watched <laughs> this. Coming with back Amy. to
0: context, yeah, okay, gotcha.
1: <laughs> I watched this. I watched this with my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. She entered the concert saying she didn't like the Chili Peppers, and I had to twist her arm to get her to watch this. What happened next will, amaze will you. Will shock you. I wish yeah. that
0: I had similar so- luck because my significant other wouldn't even sit in the room while I was watching it. So, <laughs> so. they. Oh, wow. Anyway,
1: so by the way, so you start off on fire and then you, they followed up with maybe the best Chili Peppers song or at least maybe my favorite, Scar Tissue. Are we
0: jumping through? Is that all we're saying about, by the way? I guess, you know, let's okay. Talk, let's but talk you, those, together. Those songs I just together. wanted to... Yeah, you're right. Because they've yeah. got this really, really classic transition between by the way, into Scar Tissue. The
1: strumming in scar tissue is so like a moment. It takes you to the song. It takes you to a feeling. Like it's iconic, right? The- if we're, yeah.
0: If we're talking well, about. Well, actually,
1: it, and it matches, by the way, right?
0: It's the same thing. Like, key, by I'm the way, sure. is it? Because oh, well, there you go. back in the day when I l- played along with this thing and tried to learn every bit on guitar, that was something <laughs> I covered. They're both in F, I, I believe. Um, okay. Scar Tissue, like, uh, I mean, if we're talking, eventually, we'll kind of, I guess, rank our favorite moments of the thing, but I think Scar Tissue is a strong contender for best performance um, in the concert. I think Scar Tissue is a great song. Like, I can't, I can't hate it. Scar Tissue, I think it's some of the most mature writing in every way.
1: Like, both bass, guitar, and, sorry, bass, lead guitar, and vocals. It's everyone firing on their, like, most melodic and most meaningful, I'd say.
0: Yeah. And I think that, you know, Anthony Kiedis obviously says a bunch of dumb shit, and that's why people like, you know, hate on him. But there's like some pretty good gems in, in, in like Scar Tissue, for example, I think lyrically.
2: Mm.
0: You know, I think when I was younger. Yeah, go on. When you,
1: when you, sorry, you can say it. And I just want to say quickly that like he is like probably the only guy who full on has the like drug addicted in the past persona that I've bought into like fully. Like I'm happy to listen to. Takeda's talk about drug addiction because uh, he doesn't always nail the, the maturity I suppose or the like sentimentality but he does have like the street cred sort of you know what I mean like you've got yeah. Pusha T singing about uh, <laughs> selling cocaine you've got Anthony Takeda's T- singing man. about being addicted to cocaine <laughs> now nah, heroin I suppose but like I don't know he, he gets the he's got the ticket to sing about that sort of stuff right
0: yeah, I guess, like, the, maybe the counter-argument is that it's a bit of a cliche for a rock star to be singing about their drug addiction and all that sort of stuff. And, like, I guess, yeah. I think that actually holds up against Anthony because, like, I read the, his book and, you know, it's pretty self-mythologizing and congratulatory for, like, how rock star his life is. So, but having yeah. said that, there's there's definitely moments in his, like, the best songs, I think, his best songwriting comes from stuff about his his drug addiction, I guess, generally um mm-hmm. i think under the bridge under the bridge um, yeah yeah, yeah. i i have lost under a bit the of memory it's
1: like literally about
0: yeah yeah the but, drug addiction yeah.
1: that was the poem he wrote in the journal yeah. and then someone found it and
0: john put lyrics to it right oh music to it old rick rubin got off the couch and into his notebook and found found the poem
1: I thought i genuinely i thought it was John though he he did it without Anthony knowing or something like that. I think Rick anyway. Lundin, anyway, um haven't read scar tissue in too long, basically, I think it would definitely age differently as a book than we expected, yeah, I feel like the first time I read it, I was young and impre- first time I read it, I was young and impressionable, um and I thought it was just the coolest thing. um yeah. not that like I wanted to go get addicted to drugs, but just i like ex- i respected this guy's life experience yeah. sort of thing
0: yeah um, I think that maybe just to be clear we should probably talk about who plays what in the band because I, I don't know if any, anyone's listening to it without. Who is listening to this podcast? <laughs> we <laughs> don't know. I asked a friend and I said,
1: "Have you? do you like the Chili Peppers? And they're like, not really. And I'm like, well, we're doing a podcast on them. And it's just like... I
0: just think that people who have been on the ride with us with the rest of the stuff will just cop it. Or someone who's yeah. Googling Red Hot Chili Peppers and goes down to the you know, 74th page on Google comes across <laughs> this and gives it a listen. Because I think you could be surprised about the sort of shit that you're looking for content-wise if you're just a fan of something. I know personally yeah, just yeah. from Googling stuff how deep you can get into the dive.
1: I think I'm, I'm confident to say this early on that I would recommend this concert. It's a really worthwhile watch. You know what I
0: mean? Yeah. Um. What I was what I was going to say. Band members. Anthony Kiedis, lead singer. John Frusciante, guitarist. Flea plays the bass, Chad Smith on drums. Just so that's clear. Yeah. Um, yeah. I want to... Talk, yeah, so Sky Tissue, I think, has some of his good, write, good writing. Um, and, you know, like, one of the bands who lyrically I, I'm kind of into, I guess, nowadays is like The National. And I kept thinking, like, some of these could, like, pass as national lyrics in the right song, I think, you know? Really? Like, he has some, he has dig, some dig good... Dig a little deeper. Tell me that. Uh, so, like, stuff like Sarcastic Mr. Know-It-All sounds like a national yeah. lyric to me. Um, but my main that's, point that's is that it's That's like, a very interesting idea. It's about, really. it's about framing, you know? And I think that lyrically, he's a victim... To the kind of 90s frat kind of rock thing that I guess picked up with the band. Not something that they actively fought against as well, because I guess they got this big masculine energy going on as well. But I think that yeah, yeah. there is some, some actual good vulnerability in the songwriting. That was just a comment I just wanted to get out there. Um, Scar Tissue, I think this performance is like really good. I think the John solos in this are fucking iconic. Um, yeah. I think they're so good. I, I and was like,
1: making, there you go. You know, the song this has is your a cool pub.
0: structure. This is my pod. Well, because I'm going to be talking about the Music guitar pod. the whole time. Music pod, let's go. Yeah. Um, I think that the structure of the song is pretty cool, and I've always thought it was cool. Like, the chorus is, I guess, with, with the birds I share this lonely view, but it's not like a huge hook sort of thing. And then it is framed around these three separate solos from John, each getting progressively longer. Um, and the ones on the actual track are played on, like, slide guitar. or well, not a slide guitar, sorry, but, like, with a slide on his finger. And they're, like, super melodic, and, like, they get stuck in your head. But, like, these ones, which are a bit more gainy and distorted and kind of high energy. I just think they're like super emotionally potent, you know? And like, I think that it's pretty cool to revisit it and still kind of think, feel the same way about it, I guess. And I think I'm just going to get my John takes probably out of the way, but I think it, it just holds up in terms of like, you know, when you're learning guitar, you get into guitarists for technical ability and you're like, you know, Stevie Ray Vaughan and I don't know who are these other like
1: Tommy, Tommy, whatever his name is, the Rage Against the Machine Tom guy. Who plays
0: the, uh, <laughs> but I mean, that's good, you know. <laughs> but you could, I'm, I was trying to say, like, you can get hyped up about technicality and that sort of shit. But John was always like the guitar player who just played, he just like did these bends that made you feel stuff in your heart. And it was all about the simplicity. Um, and I, I just still stand by that, I think. And I just think watching this, it's pretty clear to me on reflection how much I've kind of ripped off my guitar playing from him, you know what I mean? Like, even mm-hmm. to the fact that, like, one of my main distortion pedals, I use the one that I bought just because he uses it as well, and blah, 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 it's probably why I play a Strat and everything, but I think it holds up, is what I'm trying to say, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I was explaining that
1: to Amy, that um, your whole guitar style is like that, like, y- you just wanted to hit it hard, like, he just, yeah, it's so... It's it's very interesting. It leads to like obviously some fantastic solos, but I do want to. I'm skipping ahead, I suppose. But the solo in Zephyr Song was really disrupted to me. Like it was it was completely not the vibe of Zephyr Song. He like strums, you know. He just goes really hard, and it doesn't work. But it's funny.
0: Yeah. Um, um. But I think that what's that's also what's kind of good about this concert is that it does actually seem like four people playing. Like I don't know how much they actually edited in post or whatever, but. Um, there's definitely bits that well, they I'd- cut a song. Yeah, obviously. they
1: cut salt to, to squeeze. But then I do think that sorry, just quickly on that, it it does really feel live, which is yeah, I suppose um, an achievement because not a, like a lot of live concerts seem like they filmed it across two nights or something like that.
0: Yeah, and it, it's funny now that I have more experience, kind of writing songs and stuff like that. That there was this whole thing of bands in the '90s where every song had like a guitar solo, like. That the fact that you kind of felt like every song you needed to write in a guitar solo part is pretty funny. Like, uh, you know, if you're looking at a song, like how am I going to build this song? And you just go, yeah, we need a guitar solo here. Like, I think that's funny, you know, like that never occurred to me when I was 15 that there was any reason why a guitar solo shouldn't be smack banging a song, <laughs> but, you know. Yeah, I,
1: it, yeah. It, it definitely, like listening to the whole concert definitely makes me think how differently I like, what I, what I wanted from my music was different back in the day And I think that It's definitely a different style of songwriting Any other comments on By the way and Scar Tissue Just that besides that they're like fantastic openers You know
0: uh, No, I think that they kick it off pretty damn good So
1: Yeah let's go on. I suppose it's A little concerning When you open the show And you see what Anthony's dressed in <laughs> <laughs> Like, I'll address it now, like is that like the worst outfit you mm. like was that good looking at the time the red pants, the long sleeve baseball tee with like an ed hardy esque print, and let alone the godforsaken gloves <laughs> which have the um the cross the reflective silver stitch in it is he you know what he looks like he looks like a high flying wrestler, literally. Yeah. He, he could substitute into the ring. He could be part of a tag team that dresses exactly the same. We're not far enough. The thing is, we're not,
0: I know that there's no defending that whatsoever, but we also aren't yeah. far enough away from the early 2000s to kind of know what is completely terrible and not completely terrible. I mean, I would definitely argue that's completely terrible, but I think there's probably some elements of that outfit that maybe aren't crimes against humanity, like like the red pants, for example.
1: They're three quarters as well. If we're well, talking about, like, I mean, it's just the whole
0: whole kitten caboodle. We got to go through the whole fashion of everyone, I guess. Fleas in the um, yeah.
1: iconic skeleton. Suit. Yeah,
0: I know Phoebe Bridges, That's where'd you get that from. You know well. what I mean? Interesting.
1: Like, do you reckon? Like Phoebe Bridges? Yeah, actually, she loves flea. I don't know. Like that is that the most iconic skeleton <laughs> costume know. that you've seen?
0: It's definitely. I know it's like a famous outfit.
1: It's a little bit chemical romance as well. I feel like they wore it at one stage. Yeah. I think that, um, but it, it's every very Halloween. Cool. Uh, yeah, that's and a he's good. Got look, good, he's got cool shoes on as well. He's got, um, he's got the black Adidas with the white stripes.
0: Nice. Um, then John. John just looks like John. You know, I, I think the John fits good. I, I like. it. I think you wait all personally. I
1: wait the all concert. Fit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you.
0: <laughs> because like Anthony, I don't know what
1: I I, I did take notes of, when, but he loses the shirt pretty quickly, right? And then John saves it till like he unbends right it first, the I think, the and concert. then and then takes off. Yeah, it's a good look. Um, John also has an iconic guitarist body. I don't know if he's like the single epitome of the guitarist body because he's like lanky, long hair. I don't know. John, John is just like the guitarist guitarist. I reckon, of course. Mm. Um,
0: and then Chad's got then, the the kind of full on suit cap. I don't know. I'm not crazy about it. which is
1: his outfit. I I like it. He's it's his look. If he didn't do that all the time and he wore it, do you think
0: you'd like it more or less? Oh, it's fine. I think I want to get... Let me just take my jumper off because I'm getting hot talking about this. It's getting hot talking about the Chili Peppers. Um, I think... It is to- It
1: is enjoyable that they all dress differently. It's a good, good move. And, yeah. and
0: Flea's guitar and John's guitar, both iconic as well. And I think when I was the, uh, younger in a band and there was this kind of thing where you needed to dress... You know, there was same. this idea that's like, you should be dressed the same. Like, I think this is probably one of the reasons why I was like, no, you don't need to dress the same. I'm going to wear whatever I want. Um, yeah. So I wanted to talk about the Matrix cam, which probably mm. was innovative at the time.
1: Yes. So, as you mentioned it, the 360 camera, um, it appears quite frequently at the start of the concert. Then it takes a long hiatus Thank until God. later in the concert. <laughs> 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 um, they do they do some pretty hilarious moves on that camera. Yeah. there is at one time they, they go around to watch Anthony do a, a, like an over exaggerated march. yeah there's also a few jumps that don't get a lot of air time that get <laughs> extended. Mm, funny. Um, but overall oh, and they do a, um, a 360 to zoom out like a, like a, a pull out really fast and it's possibly the worst camera move you'll ever see in a live performance. It's in throwaway your television. Well, this um, is something yeah. I
0: think that I, want to, I found funny on the Wikipedia page. It says, The DVD was received with mixed reviews, but most gave the live footage a seal of approval. Blah, 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 blah. Um, the DVD artwork is also noteworthy for its lack of quality photographs and thrown-together packaging compared to similar live concert <laughs> DVDs released by other artists. So, I just find it hilarious that it's like this thing that we loved and it's just like a shit DVD. Like, you don't even notice that like they put no effort into it before they put it out.
1: I have to say, I probably completely disagree. I think it was a very designed look. I think that was edgy at the time. You know, like they had to produce, like to set up those cameras in the first place. I also want to praise they do- I'm talking
0: about like the release packaging and like the covers, like, you know, a, a, a aerial shot and it's all a bit- I Yeah, guess. yeah um the yeah 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 because you kind of grow to love the cover but I
1: think it's just because you love what's inside the DVD (laughs) like if you do think about it for longer than two seconds it's not a very good Mm -hmm. live performance cover you wouldn't know who the Red Hot Chili Peppers are at all um I suppose it's better than the uh the Foo Fighters just like electric guitar look which I think they did for one of them and they all uh there is a really good shot though where they um and give it away, where they focus on someone in the in the front, and they push to the band. Good look, um, but those are my main cinematography comments. And just that the lighting change looks really good, but yeah, more about like the, the narrative of the concert, I suppose.
0: All right, let's keep moving through. The next song yeah, is we need a we need a hustle. Is we get a jam? We get a jam, and
1: then we go into around the world. Do we get a jam? Isn't there a we n- do? The, is it? Dude, I I was taking notes of my okay, own as we went through. There's a jam. Okay, then around um, the world. I don't
0: know. Yeah, so oh yeah, no. Flea I, does I, that. I, That's what the jam is. He has the mm, fuzz on.
1: Yeah, he goes wild. Bass okay. uh, is my note. Um, so around the world, I want to talk about it quickly. This is a song that I like completely, absolutely loved when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, when I grew up and gave it a bit of a re-listen, I think it was last year or this year. It. It hadn't completely aged well. I I couldn't, like, say that I dislike Around the World because, you know, it's such a great song and I love the bass, but I I realized it's such a disjointed song. It is just, like, jarringly like a verse that has no relationship to the chorus, and I think that it is probably an example of one of the Chili Peppers' strong flaws, which is that... (laughs) They, they just sort of mash mash shit together yeah. And it's non, not melodic um, And then especially like when I was younger I thought the like ding bang dong dong ding was good, ding Was charming and yeah.
0: cool Oh, that's so but funny But then
1: it's just like How did you just like not write lyrics for the end of the song, you know?
0: Yeah, um, I have similar feelings I, I have to say the recorded version I think is definitely worse than the live version Because um, the recorded version has this like Weird transition into like a drum machine thing in the chorus, which feels like really com- I don't know weirdly compressed and and I mean all the Chili songs are famously like ridiculously squashed, but it just feels super I weird. Didn't know this. Weird for that. Feel free. Oh, to share well, Californication. Because re- so have you heard of the Loudness War? No. Okay, so the Loudness War is this thing that started I guess in the nineties, um, where in order to get your song more attention on the radio, they like labels and record company started pushing the volume um, of your tracks. And how do you do that? It's by like over compression. You know what I mean? So you end up squashing your song. So there's less dynamic range, but the perceived volume is louder.
1: So the, just for the audience, it's like
0: the loudest notes, the difference between the loudest sounds and the quietest sounds are shortened, right? Yeah. I'm probably not doing a great explanation, but basically you're losing kind of dynamics um, to make something louder. And, if you Google loudness war, Californication is one of like the examples of an album that is a victim of the loudness war. So like, interesting. It's it's compressed so to such an extent that it's like distorted and all this sort of stuff. And Rick Rubin is like one of the main people who is like who has like done this thing. Um, and it's interesting because I mean I, will, I guess if we're talking about the kind of loudness war thing, how it's over time it's become like a um, less of a the debate's kind of done like no one cares anymore because songs just keep getting louder and louder, but it's almost become like a sensibility, like a, I mean, not a sensibility, like a, a bit of a style thing as well. Like, you know, if you think about a lot of like new rap music, like trap sounds and stuff like that, they kind of had that, they're so loud and they have that, that distorted effect overall on the track, but it's like an aesthetic thing. So I think that's kind of interesting just to note. I'm getting distracted. Around the world has like a melodic sort of chorus chucked in the middle of this kind of, Funky verses However I will say I think the verses Are fucking awesome um, Really cool um, Like Flea's bassline Is like sick In this song I reckon
1: Flea has a lot of Good bass lines Obviously But uh, just like The stuff where he Jumps around Is very interesting mm-hmm. um, And I think that He I don't know He's obviously Going for it On like every song So it leads to Some really good um, Funky Unconventional Root note Sort of Riffs yeah.
0: And I I think with this, I appreciated this Californication stuff probably a lot more now. Um, In the interplay between Flea and John, I think, like I really like the kind of simple parts that John was playing. But it was like, you know, they were like, it was like really responsive to these bass lines that Flea was doing, obviously. But I think it works super well, you know. Mm -hmm. And you end up with this thing that like has a basis going for it, but not like cluttering the song because I think John is working around it. So, like, I think yeah. around the world, the verses are a good example of that, like, really working well. Mm-hmm.
1: So, do you think it's gotten better or worse for you is my only question.
0: I think it's worse, the- but I think that the live version is pretty good, to be honest. It's like, I, I think mm-hmm. that it's less jarring than the recorded version.
1: So, then uh, we go into John covering the maybe, I think it is called. Mm-hmm. Iconic moment, of course. Yeah, um, Do you love it? Yeah, yeah. It kind of goes longer than I remembered because, like, all I remember singing is just going,
2: Oh, baby! (laughs)
1: Um, And then it goes... Like, it's pretty weird that they let him just, like, cover stuff in the middle of their, like, giant performance, don't you think?
0: Yeah, but, like, in my Chili's phase, like, I would love... I, like, worshipped these John covers that I was like, man, he's so great. Like, how good are these things? One particularly great one is him doing it, How Deep Is Your Love, if you want to YouTube that. Like, I think that's super solid. Because yeah. I don't know, he would cover these kind of like more courty, solely sort of songs, um, which I think is pretty cool.
1: Is that, I might be wrong here, but is that where we get now you're talking shit about the weather? Or is that a bit later? I, I didn't put down a time-wise, a, a uh, time note, but. Anthony Flea goes, oh, I'd move here if. If the weather wasn't <laughs> so bad, <laughs> and then he goes, no, you're talking shit about the weather. It's the most beautiful day on the on the plane. You're talking shit about the weather, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, iconic. Well, Hagrid's the banter, banter. What do we reckon? <laughs> well, I, what about the fact that Flea has a microphone purely for banter? Like that's
2: not true. He, he does.
0: He does play trumpet, and he goes, "Come back course. strong with fifty ballet dancers," and that's what he does. <laughs> I just
1: can't. Like, Flea himself was such an interesting musician that he,
0: like, didn't get on the
1: backing vocal train. I think he sings
0: backing vocals in... There was a song he was actually singing them for. It might have been Scar Tissue or something like that, but there was definitely a chorus where he was singing backing vocals, and I was like, oh, I never noticed that before.
1: It was audible or not?
0: Uh, No, it was probably a low harmony, but yeah, I saw him do it. Anyway,
1: it's still good, though. I love that. I think it's funny, but I love that. Everyone
0: should have a mic on stage. The more shenanigans, the better, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's what's good about these '90s bands, I guess, because when alternative rock was the thing, like everyone was a a, a celebrity a in character. the band. Character, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Is that sort of like
1: boy band culture a little bit? Like you chose that you're one who had the flavor that suited you. I mean, boy bands, because that- everyone sings, I guess. You know. Yeah. Um, is it just like a mature version of that? Maybe though. You know what I mean? Like, is so? You're, are you maybe thinking that that
0: doesn't exist? Do bands exist anymore? Well, I don't know. Like we're not going to get on the whole <laughs> rock music is, is dead thing cuz I think it's been completely played out, but this rock music is dead though. Can you say that? Nope. I mean, everyone has a YouTube video like the day rock music died and it's like about Imagine Dragons or something like that. So, Was it? No, uh, I don't know. I'm just saying like it's not a new point to make to talk about that. So, let's can just Can you
1: come to like the conclusion that obviously this genre doesn't exist anymore? Like, especially as the popular music on the radio,
0: right? Well, That's this is the thing. Say. Like, yeah, definitely. Um, I think that Chili's are kind of unique and in like they were the big kind of funk rock hybrid band, I guess, which mm-hmm. I think, and the only one that like to any extent is like withstood sort of the test of time, which is probably just because I think it's a genre that maybe shouldn't exist, but, <laughs> but they do probably the best job of it. Like, just like thinking about it and like a bunch of like, um, like, garage bands or, like, high school bands playing this sort of music and you just, like, shudder. Like, it's just, like... It's not a, it's not a good idea, but, <laughs> like,
2: mm.
0: they they did okay with it. Yeah. I suppose everyone's sort of, like, a solo star now. I think... But it's you know, the only bands like, that are popular are, like, bands that are big in indie scenes or whatever, you know? We then
1: go into Universally Speaking, which is actually a killer song. Yeah. Don't you reckon? It is, like, one of the all-time... It's got to be, like, it is... One of, I know the video clip is this, but like it is such a festival song. Don't you reckon?
0: I don't know what the video clip is. I don't remember it.
1: It's, it's the guy who's in the By The Way video, that character. Uh,
0: yeah, watching him play live. And he's
1: trying to get into the concert. He's trying right. to meet him backstage yeah, or something yeah. like no, that.
0: I remember that. Um, Universally
1: speaking, is like an all-time summer track. Don't you reckon? Yeah, so I good. think
0: that song holds up for sure. Um, and I think...
1: Anthony's lyrics are pretty good as well.
0: Yeah, but this is like a By The Way song. Um,
1: yes, it's it's a very it's and it's I, one of the most by the way songs I reckon. I know yeah. that's kind of like a neg- negligent comment, but
0: yeah, and 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 I don't know, like I still think that by the way songs are really good. Like musically, it was primarily I, I, I'm going to buy stuff that's primarily handled by John. John, I guess, but it was like them really pushing melodic stuff, and I think it's like really. Deliberately trying to write pop songs Like I don't know I just think they they pull it off Like I like the kind of simplicity of the parts But like that it obviously seems very considered In order to push melody
1: Yeah I think Well so in the book uh, I think it's maybe Scar Tissue um, Anthony talks about how Flea wasn't happy with the band In By The Way era Because he felt like he was being drowned out by John Right But then the weird thing is That I think that some of Flea's best bass lines Come in By The Way Because he's doing less You know what I mean hmm.
0: Yeah, I think it, I think maybe the best part about it is that it's like probably the only album where you've kind of had this sort of restraint on the chilies, Like when bands kind of learn that sort of thing, you know, it can have lots of value, you know what I mean? But then you go from By The Way and then the next album they did is Sadie Mercadian, which is like just not very great in my opinion. It's bloated, bloated so and, like... and just everyone doing what they want to do. Like I think they, they do benefit from the kind of conceptual idea of By The Way to keep it um, more, more with, withheld.
1: Yeah, so after this was on, a 2007 performance came on, autoplay, um, and it was, they played like uh, Can't Stop, By The Way, something else, and So Much I from Stadium Arcadium. And So Much I is like a lesson in the Chili's at their worst, right? Because it's like got good parts. It's got like any of the individual parts are decent, right? But it's them at their most mashing shit together. Sort of, and I think Stadium Arcadium's that whole thing. It's like got good parts, but it's just uh mashing melody with like rocky kind of bits. So I think that's where the Chili's let you down. If they do, it's when they they kind of get stuck between going for it too much and not going like and doing the melodic stuff. So by the way, on like because like you can see by the way coming out of Californication, um, what was interesting was I just quickly read some reviews of by the way. And they said someone criticised it that it's like Californication too. But I I think that Californication and by the way are just so different. Like yeah, I agree. Californication sows the seeds for for by the way of course. But it's definitely the next step in like mellowness and um, is it like do they compare? Do they say it's like Beach Boys influence or something like that? It's, it's I think just it's that like I think it was like heavily sort of. influenced
0: by like 60s sort of pop stuff. So yeah, Beach Boys stuff. And I think like actually like radio pop like. um I guess uh, what's this the, the maybe song he covers for example I guess is like a sixty song, um, and that would be the sort of thing that I think that John was going for. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I th- so talking about this as well. I think that I'm going to throw some shade at Rick Rubin, in the sense that they spent twenty years straight making albums with Rick Rubin, from Blood Sex to the one with Josh. Um, I'm with you before they went to a different producer. And it just does kind of feel like, yeah, if you had maybe a more involved producer, someone who actually had visions for their sound, like maybe we would have got some more <laughs> consistent albums from them, you know? Yeah. Like, I think that he he obviously, Blood Sex, I think is a pretty, is a solid album in terms of sound as well, right? And their breakout album. But the fact that he didn't really like, they didn't really hone in any kind of vision maybe between this or... Like, I think Californication you can make the argument for, but not as success- successfully as probably By the Way or maybe Blood Sex. Um, mm.
1: Well, that's it- that's the the trifecta, right? Like, those are the best chilies in an easy. Like, mm. you just listen to Blood Sugar for, like, the rockiest. California's the bridge between By the Way and Blood Sex. Mm-hmm. And then By the Way is the other end of the spectrum. That's, like, the Chili Peppers' yeah. career in a nutshell and their peak as well.
0: So, I don't know. Like, they... the. They didn't. They didn't work with someone else until their last one, which is an album that I haven't actually listened to um, with Danger Mouse. But it's kind of like I think I listened to a little bit of it.
1: The one with the bear, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the raccoon. I yeah. oh, bear. Yeah. I thought so. it was. It was pretty good. Um, like it was different. Like it was probably better than. Um, it was definitely more musically interesting than I'm with you, which I actually like. I think I'm with you's got some good songs. Um, Brennan's death song, iconic chilies. That's that's good. Chili's really good as well. Um but yeah. I, I found I find the career of Chili's really interesting as well. Um I don't think they could exist anymore, or at least they don't exist in the same way. But like I remember reading about them and they're like not famous in the eighties, and yet they stay alive somehow, and yet they become their most famous in two thousand when they're like thirty or thirty five or something like that. Like yeah. that first of all, you don't get the money. Second of all, like I don't know, it just doesn't exist anymore and it's so strange. Well, yeah, the um, the
0: thing that people always constantly say is that, like, labels won't invest in a band for three or four albums, you know, before they get a breakout hit or whatever. It's kind of like you have one shot and that's it, you know, and you hear plenty of people say, like, that's a shame. And I guess that's why people move, uh, you know, the people move away from the label system or whatever and kind of do it themselves. Because, like, obviously, you need to actually, like, time to... To grow like those early Chili Chili's albums, they're like they're good memes between us, but they're pretty rough to listen to. Like they're not. one <laughs> of like can you remember any songs that sort of stand out to you as show in promise? Um, I always liked Me and My Friends, but I think that's because I saw them play it live once. Me and my me my yeah the
1: um the song about the Thailand border where you can see Lao and <laughs> Myanmar hilarious. <laughs> um. Uh, and uh, what's it called? Johnny kick a hole in the sun's pretty good. Um, what is it? There's a, a really melodic
0: one. Um, this is the Pretty Little I Ditty. I, I think it's <laughs> behi-
1: behind the sun.
0: Behind the sun. But yep, that's all right. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's quite an interesting moment for the Chili's.
0: Um, yeah. Anyway, I just really love this. This is exact. This is definitely a podcast like just for you and me. Um, but it's <laughs> yep. it's so good. If someone's gonna find it and love it. Surely. Yeah. Surely. Yeah.
1: But who 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 sits exactly in this spot on the chilies? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Who, who like has such a, a a fond place in their heart for the chilies, but can simultaneously be like,
0: yeah, I don't yeah. know. Um, but you've just that's
1: got the clip g- right there. I'll put that in the promo.
0: Who has such a? It's a call out, call out. Yeah. But I I don't know. I got so much from this as well. It was really nice to not sit down and watch it and just think it was all terrible. Like I actually enjoyed it quite a lot. So. Uh,
1: I forgot that there's no filmic element to this. You know, I forgot that it was just a concert, Mm -hmm. especially when I was trying to sell it. Uh, Like, because this is sort of a question we can bring up a bit later, Uh, but we did like open with a lot of iconic songs. There's a few that you can skip a bit quicker when we get moving. So don't worry about time is what I'm saying. But um, like the, in terms of like music movies, this was the music movie for a bunch of years. Um, then it was sort. It was pro- look. It was usurped by shut up and play the hits,
0: right? But there, yeah, there was definitely a kind of area with nothing. I think you know what I mean because mm. I don't think music movies aren't. They're not actually essential, really whatsoever, for a band. You know, um, but just every now and then there's one that's like you, is really good, and you you kind of like have respect for the medium as well, I guess. You know, mm. um, I suppose.
1: Like I think it's it it is sort of interesting though because. Uh, music movies are about being like a a, a big fan of a band. It's like you watch, you like their music so much, you want to consume all the content you can get on them. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that relationship's changing a bit um, because nowadays you've got social media and stuff where they're putting out their stories in different ways and different, like you get to see them not just playing their music in different ways sort of thing. Yeah, but Um, there's
0: still like things if, you know, for the right audience, like, um, what's it called? What's the one that? There's, like, a black-pink one that's just come out that people are really into
1: It's cool. It is cool, though, that you can watch this concert, feel like it's a time capsule for a certain era in the band's history, Hmm. and that it's an iconic performance. Like, because there are hundreds of concerts of bands playing live, and you can watch them and they're pretty good, but, like, putting out the DVD really makes you go, like, this was the concert. This was a moment in their career. Yeah. Um, And... For us, of course, this is definitely the moment in the Chili Peppers history where you wanted to see them play exactly. live. So that's extremely exactly. fortunate.
0: But there's also like the thing now that every concert's recorded. Like, you know, in a literal sense, I think pretty much every band records their concert just in case they need, they want the the audio or whatever. And, mm. you know, so many places stream the audio from their, uh, the video from their concerts and stuff like that, that it's it's just not a, a an event really anymore. You know what I mean? Um, and this like is even more significant for something like a band, like I have been super into Talking Heads this year and obviously they have stopped making sense, but like watching other concerts, like there's like a handful maybe on YouTube that you can actually see and they all feel like insanely special because there's so few of them, you know what I mean? And there's mm-hmm. like big fan groups for certain concerts. So there might not be a specific event of the concert itself, but because it's, it's really scarce that people really, you know, come to them.
1: The one that really would have been great if you got a concert movie is like Kanye in the Yeezus era, like with the mask. I wish there was. I that. feel like he made it, a
0: Yeezus movie but
1: never released it. Yeah, I just don't think we knew what we had when that was happening, or maybe we did because I remember God, thinking that was only the thing how ever. many years ago and it was seven years ago, twenty thirteen ish, 2014. It's he, scary he having meltdown. like primes. <laughs> it's scary. You yeah. don't know they're
0: in their prime until it's over, do you? I mean, it was, um, Kanye's like the biggest one, like, you, you know, usually you just have to cope with like a fall from musical relevance, but...
1: Yeah. And then you'll at least get a, a sprinkle of good song later on that yeah, maybe you can exactly. add to the playlist. Exactly, But, um, I don't know, that one's very unpredictable,
0: unexpected. I, the funny uh, thing about it is like, I just would have, you know, in my peak fan fandom era, which would have been like this sort of time, you know, like mm. I was still obscene, you know, obsessed with Kanye when I was into Slane Castle, you know what I mean? Um, and you would have, like, fought for him in arguments and shit like that, and you're just like, all the wasted energy, like
1: <laughs> Yeah. It, like, uh, I like to think about with the live concerts, like, do you sing the sing- songs differently because you've heard them live, right? Yeah. Um, I feel like this concert definitely has moments like that. Mm-hmm. Um, The John backing vocals in yeah. uh, other side, of course, but that, that's That's on the album
0: as well, but also very
1: pronounced live.
0: Yeah. Um the John, I don't know. I'm just all about John. And like, I, I know yeah. that that's young me as well. But like, I just, every song I listen to, I'm listening John's to the great. guitar part and I'm listening to the backing vocals. Like, it's they're just so good.
1: I, I think I, it even made me really like appreciate the John legend and the John character. Mm-hmm. He, he's a good story. You know what I mean? Like, um, obviously for the listeners who don't know, John was a big fan of the Chili Peppers. Joined the band for Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Took them to New Heart. He high. joined
0: the one before, but yeah. Uh,
1: Mother's Milk. Yeah. There's good songs on Mother's Milk or not? Not really. Remember. Mother's Milk, I think Isn't there was... one good one?
0: We'll have to think. I'll look into it. Mm. Um,
1: magic Johnson. Higher uh, Ground. Higher Ground.
0: High Ground. classic. Fast Break Megas.
1: Pretty weird. Anyway, then John makes Blood Sugar Sex, becomes cripplingly addicted to heroin, I suppose- <laughs> uh to the point where he's getting $20,000 checks and not cashing them and they're filling up in his mailbox. Um then they get Dave Navarro for one hot minute literally. Um then he comes back on Californication the band rediscovers its love for music. And yeah, like so I'm just like I'm very glad for John. I'm very glad that he's you know alive and well and killing it in this film. There's a very real reality where he didn't make it through that
0: sort yeah. of story um, um i don't know and it's definitely something you can like he recorded like a couple albums from that time and they're like literally chilling you know how kind of raw and you know a, you know a picture of someone at the bottom and then the middle of something like that you know i, I mm. think that like i'm not alone like john Frusciante has like a huge individual fan base there's plenty of people who don't think the Chili's are very good or, you know, but will, like, really like John. So, that's not... It's not a an only kind of me sort of thing. There's something about him, I think, that a lot of people connect with. Um, even, like, down to, like, him being so disillusioned by the fame and all that sort of shit that he wanted to leave the band and all of that sort of stuff. I I, I think that's
1: why it's such
0: a... Anyway, so, like, this
1: is sort of on the provision that, like, John didn't do stuff we didn't hear about that's horrible, but, like... I. I sort of, I like the part of the John story that like it was sort of self-inflicted and he was sort of like a quiet person and then he comes out and like, you know, overcomes his demons sort of thing. Um, and then like when he takes his shirt off and like, you know, he's got the scars on his arms and stuff like that. Like that's sort of, that's very moving and like I'm very, I'm very happy for John in that moment. Um
0: Yeah. Like, um, and there's the thing you can thing talk like, about
1: Anthony and he's a little, like he sounds like more of a like he he heard a lot of people on the way but like yeah the the John story is inspirational and it's nice
0: and he hopefully. um what you get from the the music as well is like he like literally learned how to play guitar again while while they were making Californication you know um and that's you can you know it's it's pretty cool to like um hear the simplicity in the playing and that sort of stuff and, like, know that that was all going on. But, I mean, like, that's I guess just generally that's the most interesting thing is, like, he has the biggest impact on their sound, really. Like, he drives it in what it, all these different directions, you know what I mean?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, let's keep moving. So, then we get what I
1: described as an emo jam, a um, bit of a, you know, deeper
0: one. Well, it's because it's, it, it's cover. It's a cover into it. Okay. It's the cover of I, Last Disgrace by Fugazi. To Parallel Do they universe. sing or not? I think they just play it No, they do Yeah They do, yeah
1: Anyway, so then we go into Parallel Universe Parallel Universe probably hasn't aged that well for me I'm with you
0: um, I think that this was probably one of my least favourite performances um, it's, I think like the chorus is pretty good and the ideas musically are all right, but it's just a bit flat.
1: Uh, which one's the chorus again? I know. Really cool. Stamil,
0: Shabland, yeah, yeah, okay. No. Yeah,
1: I wanna, I wanna mock that chorus. Not a fan of it. Um, Go on, I thought it was it. that. Uh, I no, I don't have heaps to say. Pretty good video though. I remember they're playing. They're on the wires. Um, I don't remember the power lines. Isn't that other side? Ah, f- f- uh, yeah. So even not even a good video. Parallel universes. <laughs> Parallel universes. Best moment is in
0: other side. Uh, um, let's move on because let's just. I'm not yeah. anything else to say about it. Just not a great, not that great. It's okay.
1: Yeah. Then we go into Zephyr Song, uh, which is a really good song. Um, not the best performance, is it? Yes. Yeah. I basically. think that this is
0: probably one of the songs on, by the way, that actually was backed up by more production, and it sounds maybe a bit flat without that kind of luxness. And then
1: you get the John Solo, and it's
0: not really. Yeah, because the yeah, one in the on it doesn't the, match. The one on the actual album is very. Chill. Isn't it just like the melodic. riff or
2: something?
1: <laughs> uh, wait, isn't that,
0: is that the, I don't know. I'm probably yeah. getting confused. Yeah, no, I am getting It bit of a little
1: just does the the bit <laughs> yeah. the the little bit of a little bit of Look, isn't an amazing song, but, like, I enjoyed the the bass. The... I'm going to say
0: my last, my most recent listen to this album probably was two, like, three years ago. By the way, that is. Or something like that. Like, I had it in the car for a while and I listened to it properly. And Throw Away Your Television was definitely one of my least favorite songs. But I think this live <laughs> performance is pretty good, to be honest. I can get around this okay. song live. There's it's a good jam. Energy, yeah.
1: Um, well, I think I think this was around the thing where I'm watching them going like, man, they make music look really fun, you know, mm. like, like flea. I think I haven't, yeah, I probably have missed it, but flea has definitely done an iconic shuffle by this stage, I, like where he's doing these ones. Yeah,
0: though, there's like the thing um, where he does that little body shake when John's going at, in, um, in around the world, and he does that body shake, and it, yeah, iconic, yeah.
1: so good. Um, but yeah, like they they really bred. Jam culture into us Which yeah. um, So great. when we were learning yeah. We used to get lessons together And we used to jam Like literally just Someone would start playing a riff And the other people would match it And obviously I had no musical talent
0: So I would just try and be like
2: Wait what was the chords again?
1: And then Man those jams are so the, good It's so funny I just played the box <laughs> You were like
0: you were like A new And then because I was better than you I like Had some sort of superiority Like I knew what I was, Like I was <laughs> The established person But I'm also like the, Eight Like three years into playing guitar And you know, just can yeah. play bar chords or something, but it's funny.
1: Um, it was so much fun though. Like, that, that was good. Culture yeah. is underrated. Like, it, well, that's actually a little bit of insight into Ego Problem. Ego Problem was definitely built upon the idea that you should be able to just like get up and go mm-hmm. and like feel the grooves and not overcomplicate it and just um, have fun with it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it was that- all about picking up, a, like, pick up the pen came from like Nick made a beat and then I'm, um, uh, you know, just trying to put words to it immediately, and then you get a catchy hook. And I think that is a through line from the Chili Peppers, is my point.
0: Like, a lot of people hate the jam culture from the 90s, but I also think it's got a lot going for it, you know. Because nowadays, like, you, the, you've got, like, actually probably more musically proficient people who are doing all the jamming. You know, stuff like people doing, like, soul or, I guess, jazz and stuff like that. But you don't really have, like, the... At least in, like, kind of popular music. And by popular music, I mean, like, popular indie music or whatever. Like, it's not really a thing. It's more about kind of restrained... um,
1: Who's popular indie music at the moment?
0: Well, I think... Okay, but so, I think that lots of... Like, there's a bit of a 90s revival, I guess, in, like, some female songwriter-led stuff. I don't know if you've noticed that. People like Soccer Mummy and... um, that sort of stuff is very 90s, but it's more like 90s pop and sort of that sort of thing. I don't think there's bands really doing kind of 90s sound. Oh, maybe that's not true. One thing here's a good take, hopefully, from me.
1: Um, I've noticed that like rap music is going through like a pop punk phase. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed this? Like, I don't know how, like, there's this Juice World and uh, Marshmallow song. That's like i don't wanna roll this, don't wanna fucking up, and like
0: yeah, but I there's think, very much i think that's like, like, like
1: Ju- juice world has this like uh emo pop punk nirvana sort of thing going on, like yeah, um, but
0: that's been a yeah, it's like the
1: emo rap thing is definitely what's popular right now, which I think is But that's coming from that, and like hmm. I think it's it's the modern version of that like if if nineties rock had people who weren't who maybe weren't good at their instruments. Yeah, no, it's um, absolutely... Then the modern like, thing is slapping a trap beat on
0: and yeah, just like... It's, it's the correct comparison for emotional. sure. And, and the difference between... You know, it's not, not playing guitar. It's, you know, not singing and having auto-tune instead. Like, it's, it's just a different a different way of doing it.
1: Anyway, jams. I like to see them. Um, the jams are funny, though, because like in a live concert, they, jam in, they do sometimes jam into nothing, which is interesting. Like, jamming as an intro always works big thumbs up from me um like any sort of music intro to a song that has defined chords is like money for me you know like it's so much fun as a yeah. audience member trying to guess what song's going to come man and, and i remember even
0: seeing chili's went like cuz i we saw them together at the big day out 2013. and this is, and i remember 2012 you know, right standing around pick like the, half the fun was trying to pick the song that was about to play because you could like get the melodic references from the the key it was in or something like that, and because we obviously knew the music so well and like the people playing it, it was that kind was of like easy peak
1: that that was peak fandom into like peak performance. Like the Chili's coming a Big Day Out was so exciting. Yeah, um, I was I was like fourteen. <laughs> That's my like you know how some like I don't know cool cool people talk about how they snuck into a. A club
0: underage yeah. and I
1: saw their favorite band. That was my moment That's of that. That's the
0: thing. We just like, <laughs> you know, more and more, like, especially with like Instagram and stuff where you you can follow people. So, like, I follow like a bunch of music meme pages and they're pretty much all ran by like teenagers, you know what I mean? Who have this very, very cool obsession. taste in music and obsession with music, which is like streets ahead uh, from, <laughs> from 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 me now and from me when I was 16, particularly, like I had no idea you know, and, and like, I don't know, I just find that really funny. Like, the internet has really opened that up a lot more, I think. I mean, there always mm. would have been kids who had cool music tastes, but I guess it was more confined to like knowing the bands in your local scene and stuff like that. But now, mm. like, the I'm getting my music tastes from 18-year-olds and shit like that, and like, that's just the way it is. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Um, And obviously, like, the kind of music... That you feel has changed a lot, like party music. Maybe now, like you know how it's just a huge thing that like sad girl music is really popular,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and you get like but Ripper Charlie XCX and so stuff. Good. Like that's just so different from this stuff. Is I yeah. suppose the point? Yeah. Um, and production's been pushed in a very different way. To think that these were like the songs that you were hearing on the radio. Um, mm. So after this, we get um, Havana Affair, which is a cover. From the Ramones Did you have um, you listened to
0: the original? Because I listened to it after the watching Is it, it. good? What's I it mean like? it sounds like a Ramones song
1: So it's like fast? Or yeah
0: whatever. It's like
1: Yeah But well, I like the lyrics It's like For the CIA That's a good yeah. A good line
0: or Yeah whatever. And that's the other thing is that I think that Chili's of a- as much as their music kind of strayed from it, obviously they're still very into like the 80s sort of punks. I don't know. Ramones probably a bit earlier. But the, they obviously stayed very indebted to the 80s kind of punk stuff that the culture they, they grew up in in LA, I guess, in that time.
1: Yeah. Well, that's a different lens to look at them by. They're, they're pop punk in a different way. You know what I mean? They're like... They're trying to be the feeling of punk, I suppose.
0: Um. You know, but one thing I will say about the Chilis as well is that I, they never... I mean, it's not like I read any tweets or follow any of them on Instagram or anything like that. So I don't actually know what takes they're putting out there in the in the universe. But um my most relevant music um my my most recent example of Chili's interacting with modern music is like I know that Flea was like really, really into Channel Orange when that came out or something like that. So mm-hmm. I you know, I think in terms of if you're comparing them to bands like maybe Green Day or something like that, who like are all, you know, Doing the cringy thing of hating on modern music, like I think that they're okay. Maybe do they do go. that? Yeah,
1: not up to speed on my Green Day, to be honest. No, because it's, um.
0: it's it was a bit of a meme because they had this advertising campaign that was like no Swedish songwriters, no trap beats, just unadulterated rock or something like that as their promo. I don't
1: understand Green Bay, uh, Green Day, or even their place in history. Like they're sort, of, they have a respected album, I think. Dookie, yeah. Um, I don't know. Always seemed a bit, not my cup of tea.
2: Mm -hmm. But then
1: that album that got famous has a few decent sing-alongable songs, I suppose. Um, Anyway. Anyway, Pavano Effect,
0: not bad. Pretty good. Yeah, pretty good.
1: Then we go into Other Side. Other Side has such, it's a great song. Great performance. A special place in our hearts, of course. We did a, a, we used to cover Other Side- and we were convinced it was going to make
0: us famous. And um, I will try and find it and maybe play it at the end instead of an all-ending song if I do find it. But <laughs> it, it's like a disclosure, if I do find it, it's like it's muffled terrible, under yeah. a jumper. <laughs> <But> <laughs> because the drums be were peaking.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, just going for that John harmony, the... Ha. So good. I do... Um, Think that- and that solo is really good, right? I think both live and recorded.
0: Yeah, but- I think he plays a different one live, but I think that the particularly the actual song one is really good. But if we're talking oh, about yeah. whack parts, like the bridge in the song is almost yeah. kind of whack, you yeah. know. But it's, it it gets a pass because it's a good song overall.
1: See, I feel like Other Side makes Parallel Universe worse as well. I, I think th- because thematically they're pretty much the same idea, <laughs> I think... Parallel Universe is a lot worse.
0: I mean, Other Side's an interesting song because the riff is like insanely iconic for whatever reason, I think. And I don't know if you agree with that, but it's just a riff that everyone knows and it's like three or four notes, you know what I mean? It's so simple.
1: It's very much Smoke on the Water-esque, just Mm. the... But like the bass is like the same, I think. The bass is just root notes or something, I think, pretty much, but... Anyway, very good song. So, I think that... I suppose I can say this as a summary, but I reckon I'll just say it now. Like, what the Chili Peppers do, and what you can't deny, is they have some of the most sing alongable choruses ever. Like, I think a lot of Chili Peppers songs sort of exist purely for the chorus and the riff. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you can't tell me that if Other Side comes on, everyone's not singing the chorus. You know, it's just they have these I simple think- kind of thematic riff and like, like thematic being lyrics. Like, this is okay. This is the, a, these hooks that are very catchy.
0: This is my, my prime Anthony Kiedis in the national song. I think um, you know he's got "Pour my life into a paper cut." The ashtrays, ashtrays full, and I'm spilling my guts. She wanna know if I'm still a slut. That is very national to me. I could definitely imagine him yeah, mumbling that. that.
1: Matt, Matt Barringer. That
0: some pretty good good lyrics. lyrics that's Anthony. what I mean. Yeah. The man, the man does deliver every now and then. It's just that Scarlet there's-
1: started now. She's in my bed. Candidate for a soulmate bled. Push uh, pull trigger, the trigger
0: pull, pull the trigger and I push push the trigger and pull the thread push the trigger yeah. and pull the thread <laughs> yeah so i mean i think that what i've concluded is that he's just done some big misses that have given him a reputation but i think there's definitely some solid stuff in there
1: like do you think that a certain amount of the chili peppers charm is because anthony can't sing well his choruses are very sing alongable
0: yeah i mean i don't know like it is People always say you can't sing well, but like, if you've been singing in a band for 40 years, you're going to be pretty decent enough. You know what I mean?
1: I also, like, I get what you're saying, but <laughs> there's not, he didn't suddenly become a really great singer. Like, the difference between Anthony Kiedis on Blood Sugar Sex Magic and like, I'm with you is nothing. And whereas like, you listen to the difference between Danielle Heim <laughs> on, um, <laughs> I forget what the first album's called. and Days of Gone. The, uh, yeah. Yeah, She's days gotten gone. really good. and we, Like, yeah, really she,
0: good. Mm.
1: I think you should have improved more than Anthony has in like a forty year music like he is a music star, you know what I mean? Like
0: yeah, maybe. he's
1: been a musician a famous music. He got singing for lessons
0: years. and stuff like that. I remember reading it. Maybe he just didn't have it in him. You know?
1: Yeah. Um it's just like but I think it works for them. Um that's sort of my my key argument for Anthony. Like he he writes fantastic choruses that mm-hmm. are very sing alongable. I think I think because maybe I haven't, like, technically unpacked this, but, like, I think his his choruses have a strong relationship to the guitar. Is that fair to say?
0: Yeah, maybe. I think he's very reactive, you know what I mean? So maybe there's this thing, because he doesn't play an instrument, that he does more closely react to what's going on around him musically.
1: Anyway, I think it's, like, the secret. It's, like, simultaneously the thing that, you know, you can criticize, but it's also what makes the Chili Peppers the Chili Peppers, you know?
0: Yep, let's keep um, cracking, because I think we're in a pretty decent part of the concert. Purple Stain, I have to say, this is my, def- my underdog hero of this of this thing. Yes, well
1: said. I wanted to say that Purple Stain aged extremely well for me. Man, that bass... Besides, base- of course, the finger painting line. Yeah. <laughs> Very uncomfortable, <laughs> but... Like, that didn't age on any level well.
0: Um, I like the guitar yeah, and bass boom. parts in this boom. are so doo-doo, good.
1: Doo-doo.
0: That is so yeah. cool. That is sick. Like, if I heard that in a song now and I heard, like, a modern band do that, you know, I would be yeah. like, that's... Cre-. Like, just the way that the guitar follows the bass line is just sick. Like, it's, it's really smart playing, in yeah. my opinion.
1: And even the... Um- and the, the chorus yeah. is sort of like... I like It's the, like, it seems conceptual, sort of. Do mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It sounds like the parody in something, so it works.
0: Yeah, I think that John's playing like a Hendrix sort of thing, like... Boom, 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 boom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. This song just really is good, in my opinion. It works.
1: It, yeah. Uh, I remember it always felt like a song that didn't necessarily belong on Californication. It felt more blood sugar than mm-hmm. Californication.
0: Um, yeah. I just... I think that... um. And Anthony vocally isn't doing something. He's doing something like it's actually feels kind of cool. It's a
1: little bit little ego problem. Yeah, it's, a bit it's got a bit of swag to it. You know? We are stick good. Yeah, very cool. I'm glad that we both found Pebble Stain, a hero of the. Uh, yeah, cool. The rewatch. Mate, we are vibing. Uh, then Flea sings the national anthem. <laughs> Very great she moment.
2: She <laughs> she <laughs> are they? Are
1: they like the easy?
0: <laughs> that sounded. That, that sounded like that's a little part. Exactly like that is. That is she how I remember it, and that's how it sounded on the thing. She
2: she she yeah. She
0: yeah. Um Is
1: that the easiest <laughs> point you can get at a concert? <laughs> because a- Amy criticised him for it. He's like, "What is she? What is he doing?" And I'm like, "If anyone came to your country, started singing your national anthem, you would absolutely vibe." So hard to that, you know what I mean? Yeah, I
0: don't know, but uh, yes and no, because if, nowadays it'd be more like an ironic thing to sing along to the national anthem. I think because I think yeah, young, so I think it would hit hard. Younger people um, going to concerts aren't particularly like into you know yeah. displays of nationalism on stage. But
1: what's the modern miss of that? Like singing horses and like yeah, half maybe. the crowd sings it and half the crowd cringes themselves. I don't know. Anyway, then we go into "Don't Forget Me." I think Don't Forget Me has aged very well. Yeah. This is um,
0: a, a cool, you know, with the chilies, you actually can go through, and go, is this a cool song or not a cool song? And I think <laughs> this is a cool song. <laughs> they
1: have two categories. Yeah. yeah. I think lyrically, I think musically, it's really good. Yeah. Um, well, definitely one of his best, I, best lyrical stuff. And, you know, like- Because well, this is this is like the song that he, he was allowed to write. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? When I talked about the, the drug addiction stuff, I think- I love this, and just like the the lyrics, like I'm a meth lab, first rehab. Just like the list in sort of thing, really
0: works here. Yeah, I'm with you, and I think the guitar playing. I'm with you. Sick. (laughs) (laughs) The guitar. No. Not get into it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, And like the John uh, kind of guitar playing in the verses, doing that kind of stuttery sort of delay thing, really cool. The kind of I think the bass is really cool. the yeah, textured, the strumming of, the, of bass. The, cool. Like, who's <laughs> strumming the bass guitar? Like, where do you hear that?
1: Especially not in the Chili Peppers, obviously.
0: I don't know. It's funny. Like, it's, we're very passionate about this. And I'm sure that, like, if someone had, you know, a bigger well of music knowledge than us, they'd probably like. But it all feels like the, the first of all of this stuff to me because it probably was the first of all the stuff for me listening to. So, I'm just like, this is so cool. This is where this idea is from, you know. Oh,
1: really? What Can, can you actually directly link that sort of thing?
0: What do you mean? Sorry. Like did you write a song that referenced that sort of playing no, but or like, anything? Okay, that- yeah, definitely. Like when I played in a band, um, I I think that this is the main thing. Like, I, I don't have not played a live gig in like a year and a half or whatever, but so much of John's don't playing. I don't think anyone this, has, but <laughs> Yeah. so much of John's playing in this has like would influence my approach to like having a sixteen bars of a solo or something like that, or writing a guitar part when there's already something else going on, you know? Like this is the the thing, like and something like "Don't Forget Me," where you've already Flea's playing like you know root power chords on bass or whatever, and then John is like, "Okay, I'm just going to sing straight textural here," you know. Like, it's that? Sort That's of where thinking?
1: he's like, yeah, yeah,
0: and it looks good on stage too as well. Do you yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I just think it's really smart. Like, he's good because he doesn't fuck up other people's stuff. Like, he knows when to kind of play around someone. I think.
2: Mm.
1: And, and I think the chorus is really good. You get some great complementary work between the two of them, yeah. Because you get Anthony actually having like a singing moment, I mm. think. Um, and then you get John.
0: Oh,
2: we'll be revealed, my
0: friend. Yeah. And I think the solo. This is like the only one he plays the solo off the album because it's such an I- like not iconic, but it's yeah. like such a
2: powerful melodic du, du, du. moment. Yeah, you can't
0: take it away from the song. You know what I mean? And the way it ends, mm. and like the kind of the way that John's doing that delay pedal kind of high E string sort of stuff. And it's like physical. You can kind of feel like the tinniness, scratchiness of the string. It's just, I don't know. It's such a good vibe. It works
1: as a concept song as well. Yeah. I think maybe that's why that's kind of like the unspoken. It just ties together so well as a
0: song. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I mean, this is what we're talking about, about I guess them having a tendency to shove shit together where it doesn't need that to be there. But this song is them playing the song. The song is meant to, be from the original Mm. idea you know it's not yeah down to drums as well like Mm. the the it's actually listening to one another maybe that's the problem when you have a jam band i guess is that you can have people wanting to do their own thing maybe yeah Yeah. but you know what i've got to say we've it feels good to actually get on a podcast and get excited about red hot chili pepper songs you know what i mean like it's a bit of you know i just know that i just know that they're not cool and it's just fun to do it you know like
1: they I think this concert would really earn your respect for the chili peppers if you watched it. I'd hope so at least, because as I said, like Amy entered not liking the chili peppers and she left, you know, enjoying them. She would say she <laughs> liked them. I, I think if you showed this concert to a lot of people, it's a very there's some just it does everything right. Absolutely. Um, it gives you the chili peppers in a nutshell.
2: They're yeah.
0: best.
1: Then we get a, a funky jam cover. Do you know what it is?
0: Uh, London Call In. By The Clash into Right On Time. Like,
1: really? Mm-hmm. Yes, Right On Time. The like the interlude song. It feels like an interlude,
0: <laughs> don't you think? Yeah. Um, and, you know, I used to like this song and I don't mind it, but I just think like the, it's right on time, it's right on time, <laughs> it's a bit shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's,
1: it's a little, um, you could have come up with something else. Look in Infania. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But John's vocals are good, of yeah. course. The um, man
0: doesn't miss Let's be honest
1: What about how he sings on When he sings this one live Instead of going for the
0: It's right He does the like, lower octave
1: It's right on Yep yeah. um, Which brings me to a point I haven't mentioned yet But uh, Anthony sounds very robotic In this concert <laughs>
0: What do you think? Bit of bit of the tune you reckon? Someone chucked a little a Sneaky bit Maybe. of the tune in I the didn't
1: end. think I just thought it was like One of those things where When you go live You like find your Live
0: performance I voice. think it's the tune To be honest Okay Um um, and I'm not canning him for that because I think, whatever, who cares? But, um, yeah. you know, it's funny, like, there's this moment in... um, And, you know, when I was 15, I probably cared about that sort of shit. Like, you know, they're meant to be real musicians. Like, why would you put all I on? I remember not liking the idea of backing vocals
1: because I thought it was like cheating. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know. You should be able to carry a song on your your pure lead.
0: I will say one thing about, you know, we're talking about modern music as well. Is that it is nice to be kind of, like, finally freeing yourself of that sort of shit. Like, I know when I was younger and learning instruments and, you know, meeting other musicians and stuff like that, that stuff was still very present and people, like, didn't, like, drum machine. I don't know, maybe it's a Geelong thing and that we're all just, like, <laughs> 20 years behind in music evolution or something. But I just, I just associate this sort of era of my music with that sort of snobbiness as well a little bit. Anyway, it's just, like, it, it's still a good song. And I think it's, I'm glad they played it live.
1: It's just... You know, holy cow, bow wow well, wow, well, <laughs> something. Anyway, mm. it's still like it's good melodically. You know what song ever makes me think of? But it's I, maybe it's because on the album. But um, I changed the key from C to D.
0: It seemed to be... It was just thing. a minor thing. Yeah.
1: They're very much compartmentalized together for me. I think they're both um, Californication as well, right? Dude, do you know how
0: far right. we are in- into this podcast?
1: <laughs> yeah, like an hour, we're like eighty or something. minutes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be <laughs> I our longest thought. pod, but I—I I couldn't it.
1: tell if this would be the shortest or the longest pod. It—it it had big either way. But this is like me.
0: I want to do this stuff, you know, and I want to do music episodes and stuff because the conversation is—is—it's is, ripe. You know what I mean? I hope so.
1: I hope people are enjoying this. It's good. Oh, it's fun. Whoever's for made us, this who far, goes.
0: congratulations. I—I'm f- um, reflecting on this. Like, okay, so I'm going to leave this stuff in the pod because I think it'll be funny to look back on if people want to listen to it. Okay. Um, I think with podcasts, it's the sort of thing, like, eventually people catch on anyway, right? Um, so, it's the sort of thing where someone do the deep dive. Yeah. So, someone, someone's not listening to this in real time or, like, even recent time. <laughs> this is like, you know, when we're really famous in, like, four years and, like, most successful pod, you know, bigger than Joe Rogan. And people <laughs> do the deep dive from the start and they listen to these early ones. And that's when they go, this yeah. is some great content. I'm glad I did that deep so dive. So,
1: those of you in 2022 or 23, mm-hmm. hello. Um, I think "Right on Time" came from a jam, probably.
0: Very like clear relationship. All right, next song. <laughs> 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 Can you do that? <laughs> <laughs> so good, so good. Just, maybe the best song. I would. This is like the best fusion of the different parts of Chili's. I think, yeah. you know. It's got the best Anthony rapping, I think, you can get. Maybe because he's doing yeah. a British accent. I don't know. He doesn't say anything lyrically that... Because his rap songs, he puts so many words in it that there's something in there that you think is, like, stupid. But this one doesn't really have anything stupid. You know what I mean? I, there's, like, really good lyrics, like... Drop top, he says, I'm going to win big. Choose not a life reservation. Distant cousin to the reservation. Uh, I like that. Yeah, it's good.
1: Uh, it's just, like, it's so good. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's so It's so sing-alongable. It's so much... You know, terrible word, but fun. It's mm-hmm. just like, like, it's got a iconic bass line. It's got iconic melody. It just, it's such a feeling. It's so un, unfiltered, Like, and it's so positive. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, they're writing a, a happy yeah, song. Okay, but it's, th- just it's
0: just like, you know, all the different ideas and things that could maybe go wrong in a chilly song, like, just pay off. So, you've got, I guess, funkier sort of verse going into a more melodic chorus, but the chorus is great. You know, it's a good it's a bridge. smooth transition. The bridge goes to this kind of reggae works. feel, but it works. Like it's it pays off so good. And then you go into this John solo that's just playing, you know, the the you know, the chords on a high note or whatever. Um and it just all works. And I really like the kind of rapping, not going back to a chorus but ending on it. That that's just yeah, a, a vibe. Yeah. One thing that I think's is funny is like the intro is pretty long. Um, for, like, a radio song. I wonder if they edited it when they played on the radio, but it goes they like twice do. as long as you think it would go for a song that's a pop hit, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, but just like those bass lines stay with me, just like the boom, 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 boom. And then the, even the chorus, like doo, 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 doo,
0: doo, doo, doo. doo.
1: Um, and the clap, how good, I don't think they do it live, but how good is the clap as well? Mm. Such a good moment. That's one of the best, because the Chili Peppers production moments are so small. Exactly. <laughs> the, yeah. the iconic ones stand out. and the mm. is But so this good. is
0: like the album, like, I think if you're looking at the chronology, right, you've got Californication, which I think is pretty, pretty raw. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then this one, they obviously branch out their synths and stuff and like strings in some of the By The Way songs and all that. And then they go to like um, Stadium Arcadium and they've got a million guitar tracks and it's just all too much and shit, but this is, like, the good amount of production, you know? I
1: feel like Stadium could have been better if it was edited. You know what I mean?
0: It's, it's like, Stadium. 28 songs or something like that. I looked at it the other day. It's, like, how... And it
1: won it, won it won the, won the Grammy. Rock.
0: Isn't that just the weirdest yeah, thing ever? but gra- Grammys are, like, so funny. Just,
1: they're, they're so industry... They're so out
0: of touch that it's, like, like hilarious. Like, at least... Yeah. I know that Oscars can be out of touch as well, but, you know... I guess Oscars the- hit, uh, they have bad years, sort
1: of, mm. um, but they everyone still sort of trusts the Oscars. Like, I don't really see many well, people... Well,
0: like when there's them. Oscar buzz, you know what I mean? There'll be like a batch of like maybe five movies and there's probably like one that's just Oscar bait that everyone thinks is a bad movie and not actually good, but there's always like a lot of good ones in there as well, you know what I mean? Like, you can't hate... I think the Oscars are yeah. going to get good again, to be honest. Well, because they're, they're opening relevant. up their diversity and stuff. I know that it's not as much as people want, but... Yeah,
1: I yeah the the bars were pretty low, but they're doing something. And I think that, um, you know, this isn't an Oscars talk, but I think the Oscars are more respected movies, than too. the Grammys. We're
0: talking about music,
1: rock and roll. A rock and roll. Anyway, Can't Stop, just such a good song. Can't stop praising it. So good. Hilarious. That wasn't a All joke. Right, next one. We get an ambient jam, sort of a weird vibe. Um, then we go into a song that, honestly, I'm a little conflicted on. California Queen. Venice Queen, um, sorry. Venice Queen, sorry. Uh, like it's obviously it's the most like well, it's one of the most concept songs of the Chili Peppers. Mm-hmm. Like it's very atmospheric with the intro. Um, it leads to one of the funnier moments in the concert when John is playing the the acoustic <laughs> the guitar, guitar on, a stand. on a stand, and then you look at Flea and Anthony and they're jumping, <laughs> and it's like they're jumping to ding 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 ding. ding, ding. Yeah, it's like it I, could be like the music to a Nissan Navarro ad or
0: something. Okay, I've got some um, takes. I I I think that the first half is good, and then the second half's not really that good. Having said that, I really like, I love John's acoustic sound, like that acoustic guitar. Um, that real is on stringy? a stringy. It's it's just really really percussive, and like it sounds like I'm not. Uh, you know, you can say shitty but not actually mean shitty. It's that's what I th- the vibe I get. Like it sounds raw, that guitar, and it's what he uses on only solo albums. so if anyone wants to listen to those, like the sound I just think is really cool and it sounds like someone actually playing it and and digging into the strings a bit. So that's what I think. But I just think the second half is just too poppy and not that great. Um but the first half is cool, I think. The atmosphere is cool. I
1: also enjoy the story behind it as well. Mm-hmm. Like I think that earns it some points. So, the story is that it's about a woman who Anthony met in rehab um and it's just so wholesome when people make like such blatant blatant tribute songs to people. I think they mm. normally land on some level like this is sort of like the prequel to Brennan's death song in some ways mm-hmm. um chad Chad's drumming's good as well. It's just sort of like I don't know, I'm just torn on it, of course, because like I sometimes really can vibe with it. And like there are good moments in the second half as well, mm-hmm. but then it's just not because the two parts are so different. It it doesn't make it better because they're so different. Yeah. Whereas ideally a song that's like that it would be. Yeah. Um. Like of course like take me out or something
0: like that. Take what me out by Franz Ferdinand. The Franz Ferdinand. Wow. Okay, I was just wondering if that was your reference. But
1: cool. is that the is that the best completely different two part song? I Pyramids. Mean- Pyramids is so good. Okay, but I don't know.
0: There's probably a lot more that I think it's going to be a Good brother song. Let's be honest. Which one? Lonely Child. I've got it. There's a new one that is on my next. It's already thing. the best, and it's it's, it's, <laughs> it's already late it's broad. like that, but it's it's my, it's probably the best thing I've done like that. Anyway, interesting. Got that to look forward to. Got that to look forward to. Um, then we go into give, give it away. Way. Give it
1: away is like the cousin of can't stop as well okay. but but give it away again it's so such a good chorus like it has it has big dig vibes did you feel that just repeating the same thing enthusiastically really works
0: oh yeah i love this song i can't hate that. i just think this song is awesome i just like the you know it's something about the there was some this dryness about this era of their music i know that doesn't really make sense
1: yeah, it's not filled in. It's, like, you can hear all the parts. Yeah, and listen.
0: I think it's just Flea and John's parts are, like, so in lock on this in this era. You know what I mean? And, like, this song in particular, like, I love the bounciness of Flea's bass line. And then, boo, boo, boo. And, and what John's doing is, like, really kind of sharp and aggressive. And I don't know. It just, it works for me. It's good. And, like, Anthony's doing peak Anthony rapping, so what's not to like?
1: <laughs> well, it's just, like, it's, this is too obvious to make fun of lyrically it's just so bizarre that like the chorus in the book he explains is about someone who he met who he said he liked a piece of clothing and then she said oh have it and then the idea is that like you know let someone else have it if it makes them happier but then of course like that lyricism in the verse just hasn't (laughs) you know like me like it didn't age well because I don't think I would ever think or think to say that. You know what I mean? Like, it's not even it's not even stylistic rap music sort of yeah. braggy. It's, lit- it's like, you can't tell me that someone's here in that, what I got you got to get to put it in you. It's like yeah. working on anyone ever. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like-
0: That's oh. the thing is that with defending lyrics and your artists that you like and stuff like that, I just think the be- or even just anyone who says something, right? And your tendency is to defend them. I think that if you think about whether you would ever say what they've said, you know what I mean, and you just wouldn't like ninety percent of the time you know you you, you empath you, for some reason we we sympathize, but it's so far removed from anything that we would we would think is okay like
1: imagine okay, just try and imagine a scenario where that dialogue sort of works, like the only thing I can imagine is that you're doing. Someone like the only person that would say what I got you gotta get it put it in you is like I don't know literally some crazy guy yeah. who's like hitting on a girl or something like that. Like I think if you out of nowhere said to like someone you know like what I got you gotta
2: get it put it in you
1: they would literally be like what the hell? You yeah. know right? I mean? just you're a psycho, makes no get away from me.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's it's
1: it's so funny. I don't know, like but it's good. There's good drum breaks and stuff. It's just, and it's like, the thing,
0: it's not even the fact that he's rapping about sex or something like that. It's just like the way that like, you know, for someone who I've just praised for actually writing some good lyrics, it's like, you, couldn't you bring a little bit of that poeticism to your kind of like sex talk or something like that? Like, don't make it like this.
1: He's just a very horny man <laughs> sometimes. Um, mm. It's like Kanye, like where Kanye drops the like, the the corny line about doing it or something, what line? And then in ah, uh, he like you know stuff like in Wolves where he's like somebody took a sandwich and stuff like that. Kanye will just
0: I don't know. The thing is that then, worked for one album. Like Yeezus was full of lines that that you were like, I don't think this is so, a good line, so but rude. it's so, but it's so um, it's conceptual in, <laughs> in the spirit of it that I can get around it conceptually exactly. And that's funny. Like that's the only Kanye album where I think it's like really like a free pass completely. Cause like T-Lop is still pretty good, but um, you, you don't, you can't get behind the conceptual stuff. But you know, yeah. stuff like speaking swag, Healy, and carry out with my <laughs> damn croissants. You know, like that stuff that is actually like it, it works. You know, and then 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 Anthony says there's a river born
1: to be a giver, and it's like about River Phoenix who has passed away,
2: mm.
1: and it's just like I don't know anything that surrounds what you got, you got, you got, to got, got to put it in.
0: I don't know. It was a different time, man. We'll, we'll never know. I don't think it was a time. <laughs> I'm so grateful uh, not to be born in 93 or whatever <laughs> it was. Maybe earlier. Ugh. Anyway, so then they leave the stage
1: and everyone cheers. And of course, they Us want an encore. As well. Trad, <laughs> Chad comes out and starts drumming to LA LA. People pretty lose cool. time very quickly. I feel though. like
0: that's a pretty good moment though, I've got to say.
1: I liked it. Yeah, it looks pretty spontaneous and fun. He probably could have used that move at a lot of concerts, so when you think about it, um maybe it's the first time. And then Flea comes out and plays the trumpet and it's amazing.
0: So good. And you know, this is the thing, like I think that there's a few chili songs with trumpet in it, but it would be cool they actually did it more. Like I remember Yeah, it, I'm surprised. There's the song I was talking about before, Pretty Little Diddy off Mother's Milk or whatever, which is the song that butterfly samples. Um, oh, yeah. Um has like a trumpet break in it and it's actually cool. And like, I've seen them do it live, I think. And it's like a good moment. So I don't know. Mm -hmm. Something that they could have definitely leaned into more, I guess.
1: It is strange because it it does seem to align to the genre. You'd think, you know what I mean? Um, anyway. Mm. Uh, and I think this is where John becomes shirtless. So he enters super saiyan mode, um, to come back on stage and then they do a jam. Then they go into Californication. Um, Californication is, I have to say, it's I'm so surprised it's such an iconic song. Because it's a long, mid-tempo song. Yeah. and it, Minor like, key. I don't know. I, sub- I I think it's just like, sort of leans into, you know how people sort of love this idea of storytelling in songs? Even though in practice, it's normally sort of corny. Like, I just think you can very much la- like, it's... It's not a conceptual song, but the concept of the lyrics is so easy to understand. You know what I mean? Like it's just so blatant that I think people like it because of that. You know? I, yeah, and I it's think criticizing it's criticizing something that maybe it was trendy to criticize then, or like it was slightly on the up. It was still coming in to criticize like capitalism and you know, Californication. Yeah, so that's why it's it's sort of ageless. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: fair points. I don't. I, I agree with you. The riff's good as well, you know, nice. Yeah, to... I mean, the way this is like another good example of the guitar and bass interplay being really good. Um, like the kind of embellishment parts in the main riff, do doo do do. It's like on the bass. It feels like a guitar part, but it's a bass part. So I think that's really mm. they're obviously really locked in together there.
1: I, I just feel like this is when I don't know if this is true, but it feels like this is the the
0: Chili's most famous song, um, and them at their most culturally relevant we have relevant, to talk about the intro sort of. actually this has the flea trumpet and then it's got the john and flea do a, a an intro into this one and i've always yeah was always blown away by that that jam how locked in they were there i think it's probably the best jam on the on the, the thing
1: oh yeah sorry it's completely clicking in my head and and flea's got the fuzz the distortion and it sounds really good so yeah i'm sort of surprised i don't think it's I still don't think it's one of my favorite Chili songs, but it's, you know, it is iconic and it's still obviously quite likable. But mm-hmm. then we go into Under the Bridge, which like Under the Bridge is, it's a legit song. You know yeah. <laughs> what I mean? I think Under you the can, Bridge is you bigger can file than this the Chili's. In the,
0: cool, in the cool Chili section, I think this is good. This is cool. But
1: I think that like sort of Under the Bridge has vibes like someone was going to like Whoever released under the bridge would be on a hit sort of thing. Yeah. It's not it's not descriptively chili peppers, besides the fact that it's like a iconic guitar riff sort of thing. Well, um, this
0: was like probably the only melodic song on No, I think there's two melodic songs on Blood Sex and uh, I always say Blood Sex is porcelain? Blood Sugar. No, Porson's off Californication. Um I Could've Lied, which is a really good chili uh, yeah. song, it has probably
1: And top does three Soul John, squeeze count Oh no, That's
0: not on the album. I just want to but quickly like, put in that it's between those two, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I love John in this song. Just uh, the guitar, watching him sit there and play it with his shirt off—it's just like very wholesome. I, I, I think you can get swept up in this song. It's good. Yeah, it's the like I, I think of the video as well, like him running shirtless, which is so corny. Him <laughs> walking but... in the street doing his like hands while he's singing to people in L.A. hilarious. I do yeah, want to say um... on a personal note, the um guitar. This this is like this sort of guitar playing, which is Jimi Hendrix style guitar play, but John doing it more melodic, I guess, is was a huge, huge thing for me when I was in a band, like define my chord playing, this sort of thing. And then they go into a funk guitar jam and we've reached the final song of the concert. What could it possibly be? Everyone's sitting what? there on the edge of their seats. What Look, what song will they use? I
1: thought they'd got like, I genuinely... My- experience going through this concert was i was like man i forgot how many good songs they have and how many songs i love of theirs right mm-hmm. and yet somehow <laughs> against all of the odds they end with the strangest choice the least conventional and i don't know it's a bit of a flopper <laughs> they finished with the power of equality
0: i liked it a lot I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I think it's. cool. I love the guitar riff. The guitar yeah. riff is so okay, good. I'm glad good, I, you're like, with me. Yeah, I think this song's cool. I mean, this is has and some of the do, do, most do, do, hilarious do do, do. Anthony lines on it, out of all of them. Of course, we should yeah
1: need to explain the uh, the introduction to this podcast. I said it may you leave your your lily white ass tickled pink. That is a lyric from <laughs> the Power of Equality where Anthony says, "Listen to Public Enemy." My my li- white lily ass is tickled pink listening to the music that makes me think.
0: All uh, right, and this was a very successful album. This was professional, re- <laughs> professionally recorded. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, what else is on there?
1: It's just like... And uh, the power of equality hasn't aged well in the way that it's the lowest common... Den- like, it's the lowest qualification you can have to be talking about being political. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like, talking... <laughs> the power of equality... And he's basically just saying, like, be
0: kind to one another, yo. Don't be the Ku Klux Klan. Yeah. yeah.
1: And obviously, that part stands out so severely. (laughs) So, like, it it obviously came from a good place, but it's just, like, not cutting edge at all. Like, whereas you get, like, like this, I think, this is coming to me right now, the Power of Equality is, like, a very light version of Rage Against the Machine. (laughs) What do you think?
0: Yeah. Um, But I think as well, you've got to appreciate... And I, I, maybe I'm cutting it too much slack, but also it's the 90s. And I just think that they would have had a big fan base that a big part of their fan base would have probably been redneck, um, yeah, you know, bigots and fair. stuff like that. So, I, I'm definitely it not completely against edgy. them to have a song called The Power of Equality. You know what I mean? Like, it's better than yeah, not, do, not, you know, at, like you're, you're at least risking alienating your audience a little bit by doing it. So, I've got to respect it in, in that extent, I guess.
1: I suppose so, and it is the early half of the '90s, mm-hmm. so it's like it is quite a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like Anthony definitely has a hippie vibe generally. Mm-hmm. Um, so it 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 makes sense, <laughs> basically. But um, I don't know. I I'm just I'm just sort of confused how I can sort of be disappointed and enjoy it as the last song as well. Um, it's because it's not really a bang. It- it's like just a weird. It's a good song. I yeah. think if this song was played in the middle, we'd be talking about, man, that song kind of slaps. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I definitely think it's got like Purple Stain sort of mm-hmm. sleep a good song vibes, but it's just such a strange song to end on. Like, and it, like, it has nothing to do with the album promotion or anything either. You know what I mean? It's not like they yeah. chose the wrong by the way song <laughs> or something. But don't you think they
0: that just... it's... Is that... You know, it could have been Suck My Kiss, for example, and that would have been... It would have had... <laughs> No, but I'm not critiquing I mean, like, that could have been the same effect you do in a, an early song, but it's like one that actually people like a bit more. You know what I mean? Probably mm. would have been more effective. Yeah. But it ends in the line Thank you all. Good night. Have, have a safe ride home, and we'll see you at the coffee shop tomorrow.
1: Um, so good. Which is very great. Um, and then we're done. So we've done it. We've made it through the concert. And it only took us.
0: Yeah, I'm in mean, 140 minutes. Oh, yep. we better wrap it up real quick.
1: Ah, <laughs> oh, come on. Let's indulge it a little more. So, what songs were missing?
0: Okay. Oh, well, you do you first and I'll just quickly brainstorm because I-, I haven't considered the question.
1: Uh, songs that are missing for me, Soul to Squeeze. I genuinely think it was an important song. Like, I think Soul to Squeeze has become sort of more significant in the Chili's history. I don't know. I'm not exactly on the Chili Peppers forums and stuff, but I feel like it's actually quite a famous song.
0: Yeah. And I think it, it was a big hit because an- I think it was like the follow-up to By the Way, not By the Way, sorry, um, Under the Bridge style-wise. And this was obviously when good, they great broke. Great bass line. Yeah. Great I, yeah. Uh, I'm with melody Jack. work. So,
1: it's definitely missing. Um, personally, I love Dosed. Yeah. I know that Dosed, you love Dosed, Dosed as well. Dosed is
0: one of the best Chili songs, definitely. Maybe.
1: Could be the best. Like, it just, it's so good on, by the way. Top, mm-hmm. th- top three song, at least. Top two, maybe. Uh, like, really works with the theme and stuff. So, it's sad they couldn't do this. Um, especially because... Like I know that part of the thinking could be that John plays a lot of
0: guitar at the same time, but a loop pedal definitely would have worked. You know what I mean? I think it's too complicated to play with one person. Is the simple answer for it? Okay. Do well, you, oh, okay. suck my kiss. Of course. Yeah, I Huge think that's miss. a big a big miss. That song slaps. Like you know, we can get into the same lyrical shit I guess that we got into before. But the, there's something about the bass in that song, the way it's recorded, that it's like so fat and slaps. It's that's, like that's the
1: um that makes me think of like bulls on parade. you yeah. know,
0: like. <laughs> I didn't know we
1: were going into the... Uh, I think the video's similar or something like that. Yeah, there's that.
0: 17 songs on Blood Sugar. That's a long album. Really? Is there any any gems from Blood Sugar I'm forgetting? Um, if you have to ask, I've always liked. I think
1: that's good. Yeah. Uh, funky Monks. They played that in... Um, oh, Funky Monks. Kid with the corn shirt on. Uh, funky... We should watch... Man, I feel like doing off the map now, but I don't know how many Chili Peppers yeah. concerts pods we can do. I, at least we'll watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because that's such a different era. And it, you know, it's only like... It's 2001. That what? Off the Map came out oh, in 2001. Really? And it seems yes. so different. And yeah, They're extremely different. They have mohawks and they're like crazy.
2: Hmm. Um, and by the way, they
1: straightened up their act.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. I think those ones just off Blood Sugar. And then... exotic I... Elixir of California. Oh, yeah. So good. It's a B-side. It's a famous B-side yeah. for John's beautiful harmonies. I, see, the thing is like, by the way, is quite easily my favorite Chili's album. Um, so I could take most of the songs off. By the way, to be honest, this is the place I like a lot. Um, I could die for you. <laughs> yeah, I think I could die for you is a fair pick. I don't know. I think it's pretty good. I'm happy. Like like we said, it's the best era. If we had watched this concert and it was like Stadium Arcadium, it would have been a bit a bit eh. Yeah. But it's like imagine like, listening to like Warlocks <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, I think. That, it was called. By the way, for me, is the album that adds legitimacy to their kind of discography. You know, if it didn't happen, I don't think they would have had... This is like... if you, I think if you wanted to show Chili's um, to someone, I think, and, like, make a good case for, like, why they're good musically, I think you would start with... I mean, people would disagree yeah. with that, but I would say, by the way, you know.
1: Yeah. You get them at the
0: It's their most mature, uh, you know, which and is a funny they, thing to they, say it, from an album that's, like, 18 years old. You know what I mean?
1: And they still... Um... They hit, they like the hit songs are there, you know what I mean? People mm-hmm. know the songs, yeah,
0: it's the perfect middle no. ground, mm. yeah. Because, like, the famous songs on Sadie Marcadium aren't really that good. Um, you've got Danny California,
1: which that is a really good song, I, I mean, but it's like a it
0: nothing song as well. I think it's just like a, a steady rocker, it's not like you know, like, it's got Snow Hayo, though, that's a classic. I don't know, man. I put my head... like I was listening to Stadium Arcadium after I watched his concert because I was like, I wonder if this song's What are you thinking? <laughs> yeah. And I was just skipping through it. And I don't know. They didn't really hold up. They just... I don't Snow know.
1: Hayo didn't. I mean, I Snow Hayo was ha- like five has-
0: minutes long and, and you kind of like... That's
1: cursed by the, um, the random jarring thing as well. Which is what? Like the... Deep inside the cover of another... Per- it doesn't really match the parts that preceded it.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I but think with- with
1: that, like flow on that song.
0: Come to, to I don't know. To me, it's always reminded call? me of like a hobbit, like skipping down the road.
1: <laughs> <laughs> is there anything else from Stadium? Wet Sand is a by the way song, I reckon.
0: Oh, oh yeah. Um, no, I think there's some good ones. Okay, let me look it up and just get my phone up. Yeah, so okay, Snow's Are okay. Right, Hump to Bump, Charlie. Um, Slow Cheetah is like a very uh, low, low key one, but I think that's actually a good song. Strip My Mind yeah. is pretty good, especially in Michigan. How's that go?
2: Please
0: don't strip my mind. Nah, I don't like Chili's at that tempo, to be honest. I think that one, I don't know, it has a good, powerful John solo moment. Um, okay. Especially in Michigan, I kind of like. Yeah, especially Michigan's Michigan, it's not bad. So, like something like Tell Me Baby sounds good on memory. Tell Me Baby. Mm, listen to it. No! It's, no. fun, it's It's funk, it's funk chorus into, no, sorry, funk verse into melodic chorus, and you go and, why'd you do that? Oh, um,
1: man. That was one of the bass lines I learnt. I can't remember how it goes, though, though. Anyway.
0: I don't know. So many names that I remember that I don't remember the audio for, but there's 28 songs in there, and I've gone the through three death
2: of them. a Martian.
0: Martian. It's interesting, because John is back in the band now. So, I will probably listen to the new album. I think it'll be good. If it comes up. You think I, I, it'll be good? I have
1: a, probably a big statement. I think it'll be a seven.
0: <laughs> Interesting. But, like, why... I, I wonder why he's back in the band. Like, we should have done research about that, I guess. Like, why, what, what would drive him to do it now? He enjoyed
1: it. <laughs> Concerts are fun. Mm. Like, watching Slane Castle, I'm left going like, man, imagine having that many people care about what you're doing ever in anything in life. Yeah, You know what I mean? That's so... Especially I think this is also where the Chili Peppers became the mega super-duper history stars as well.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's that moment. I wish the Chili's had a bit more nostalgia from in, in, in kind of cool music Mainstream. circles nowadays. Mm. You know, because um, they're very much a band, you know. I'm not comparing Radiohead to Red Hot Chili Peppers in terms of quality, but, you know. I am. <laughs> That but
1: was what I had here actually. In terms
0: of bands that I was into at this period when I was learning how to play guitar and I thought the nineties nineties mus- alternative was like the holy grail of music the way to go. of perfection. Was there was there stuff in like I don't know, slight counter argument for a second. Was there the guitar
1: stuff in two thousands going on? What do you mean, sorry? Like what's the two thousands guitarist what do you bite your teeth into? Sink your teeth, Man, the probably te- like the, the strokes? Stuff is- yeah, that's uh, true. Like Early Vampire Weekend. Yeah,
0: actually, I think you've got, if you're looking at, you've got main, like, rock was the mainstream genre in in the 2000s, continued, you know what I mean? Stuff like... Yeah, what's that? Like, like Nickelback. Yeah, I Um. I was going to say, Nickelback. Like, I love the song Lips of an Angel, but... like Yes, that that, that was
1: literally what I had in my head. That genre. You know,
0: and you've got, like, Kelly Clarkson doing rock songs and all that. Like, all the pops people were doing rock songs, you know what I mean? And Avril and stuff. Um, But... Yeah, Avril. The actual, I guess, rock music that people thought was, like, interesting was probably the indie... The indie scene, I guess, and stuff like, yeah, like the Strokes and that kind of... It's so strange to think that, like,
1: Sound of Silver was going on at the same I time know, as, hilarious. like, Kelly Clarkson. Yeah. And we were just, like, not aware of it, and yet it would become such an influential yeah. uh, album in our lives. Yeah, so um, funny.
0: But I, I think it's interesting comparing that sort of guitar music, like the Strokes, um... Uh, and you know whatever kind of indie stuff was going on with the '90s stuff, like it's definitely a different aesthetic. It's it's gone from jam and looseness into like more tight and restrained playing, I guess. And that's the that's thing, what, like if that's if, very much like what a Vampire Weekend are to me. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, sorry, go ahead. But it's like a, res- it, you know, it's funny because band music, band music is obviously not dead. There's always going to be like a, a, a following for it, but not in it's not in the mainstream as much, right? So, you don't really get the same kind of responsiveness to the last genre, uh, last era of that style of music, if that makes sense, you know? that Like, if, if we can compare 2000s to 90s and 90s to 80s and 80s to 70s, I guess, but it's, band music is now more reflective of- Band music's affected by,
1: yeah, pop music and, like, synths and, um, like, rap and stuff like that, I guess.
2: Mm-hmm. It is
1: pretty weird that, like like- it feels like rap was the, the dirty secret, which was like, it was the most accessible genre all along, <laughs> but it just started behind the eight ball. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like, because it, it's like they in the 90s, they didn't want to believe that rap was going to be the biggest thing ever. And then...
0: Well, it's it funny because, like I was saying at the start, we were into rap music. Some of it good, some of it not very good, but nonetheless, it was like a sideline genre. You know what I mean? It wasn't... And like going His niche, at, still. yeah. So being in high school and being to rap, listening oh, to it's rap. an identity
1: as yeah. well, right? Like you were into rap music,
0: yeah. So exactly, listening to rap music at in high school, you know, people were like, "Oh, you listen to rap music," you know what I mean? It wasn't the biggest genre in the world. Like now, everyone listens to rap music. It's the it's the it's music. The music is, is rap. Music <laughs> is rap music. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, wow. it's just funny to reflect on like that w- when you're in high school, people listen to bands, you know, and people listen to. Fallout Boy and shit like that, and and that was the music. And then listening to rap music was something off to the side. Yeah, um, is the quick answer
1: for why rap music's so big because it's so referential to everything? Like,
0: it really is a melting pot. Is that? Yeah, I mean, I think that rap music just the the potential for creativity. Like, it's such a rich genre. Like, you know, you can go so many different places with it, which I think is we're kind of seeing. It's the combination of like easy entry level, and I don't mean that in a rude way. I mean that in a way that it's quite easy for someone to jump into that genre. It means that new, interesting things are, 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 com- are being created that you don't have that barrier of like having to learn how to play guitar and go through a scene and get four people in a room and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, you know bands are you know difficult right But you know, bedroom s- production. Yeah, bedroom is- it's a go. but there's still some really cool band stuff, and you go, that's a cool way to to approach the medium, you know? Um, I just wanted
1: to say quickly, I'm very appreciative for the Red Hot Chili Peppers part of my life. I think it was, um, it's so good being able to turn this on and remember all the lyrics and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And there's obviously some certifiable uh, feel in songs Mm -hmm. that, um, not just nostalgically, but actually in the songwriting and the, the music.
0: Yep. Um, Are we rating this?
1: Yeah, I think we should. Okay. Um, but then I, I want to give you the floor here. So, oh. what do you like?
0: What works? Okay. Um, I think that the big plus in all of this is, is John Anthony, motherfucking Frusciante. <laughs> Um I don't know. Like, it just to me, I'm so biased. Like, it just, I still think it's awesome guitar playing. I think it's great songwriting on his behalf. And I still get inspired watching it, believe it or not. Like, it makes me, like, I haven't picked up a guitar properly in a long time but this made me want to play guitar and be in a band again so I don't know that's it and I think you know there's lots of love in Flea and they're into play as well so yeah Hmm. the by the way songs are all good uh quick
1: diversion sorry like this is the moment to have the discussion who wins who wins watching this again obviously you've just laid out the argument for John um plus well you know just to quickly also it's like it's because before John they weren't good like they weren't famous you know what I mean like they didn't have the hits and stuff like that so that's the strongest argument for John but I want to propose the counter argument to Anthony Kiedis it, I think it's a little bit it's not as simple as just saying that John's the reason they're famous right are the Chili Peppers the Chili Peppers with, Aunt, with without Anthony the because answer is no but fi- then
0: they're definitely not the Chili Peppers without Anthony and I think also Flea to be honest like I think, yeah, because um, like you package them. You do but package them. But I, I suppose
1: yeah. my argument is more just about the fact that like uh, all of the musicians in the band are so supremely talented. And I know that there are supremely talented musicians out there who aren't famous as well. So is the magic the fact that Anthony comes in, doesn't know music and just somehow manages to write these sing-alongable Choruses that are just Extremely hooky
0: and memorable And the, and the energy You know His stage presence
1: is very real As corny as it can be at
0: times And he was like A kind of good looking dude In the 90s Like he had a vibe Like he'd be on stage With his shirt off And his tats And he had this like Long ass hair Like it was a look He was know? sort of buff Yeah <laughs> Anyway
1: So there's just There is an argument That Anthony Kiedis Is the You know Like I just don't think The Chili Peppers Maybe in general Have I'm just so surprised that they're so famous, is my point. And yet this concert sort of proves why they deserve it. And I just wonder if, you know, is Anthony the reason? Yeah, I,
0: I, I mean, I think so. Um, Definitely. I, I, but that's the thing. Like, you can imagine this band with a different singer, like a proper singer. And that sounds like a shitty thing to say. But, like, you can imagine them with a proper singer who was very serious and wrote... Serious songs and stuff like that, but it doesn't work, does it, you know?
1: No. Um, And maybe that's what sort of so lovable about... Well, especially it's a flavor thing that you like, but I'm just saying maybe it's a, a general appeal, is that every instrument and everyone gets their moments in this band, mm-hmm. which is so good. And they never... Like, because Anthony's limited, it's never like, oh, the Chili Peppers are Anthony Kiedis' band, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if there was a... I don't know. What... It's sort of like an auteur of a band, you know what I mean? Like, you know how there is a leader who sort of like is the style? Anthony Kiedis isn't the style,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: but then that's to the praise of the Chili Peppers. It's just from the band format as well that you get that more, you know what I mean? Um, You get people come in and go in and that affecting the sound and stuff a lot more. It's not really up to someone to go... I mean. I guess if you look at like Coldplay, it doesn't really matter who's in the Coldplay. Like, they just going to be making whatever sort of music, you know. Well, Chris Martin is Coldplay, though, yeah, right? But that's what I, yeah, but like with bands, I guess, back in the day, you were more reliant on the actual people in your band, you know. And when people cared more about who the bass player was and who the drummer was and all that sort of shit, like, it, it had a, you know, tangible effect on, on the music you were making. Anyway, that's
1: the argument. I okay, well,
0: well, leave it to the viewers to describe if you've made it this yeah. far. <laughs> To <laughs> congratulations we owe you we'll buy you a beer we, we owe you <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> okay sorry that's what well okay I All hope works. they can feel the passion
0: John. in this in this podcast though I hope that I
1: feel like you look at the history you'd see this podcast like hour 30 hour 30 hour 30 two hours 40
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah I know it it just makes me think that we should be a Chili's podcast or something but I, I you know I was also thinking like what bands do you know the discography that well that you could do this I mean Obviously, we're talking about a concert, but we have something to say about every song. So, like, how many other artists could you really do that with? You think?
1: Well, I don't think I've I don't think I've had the life cycle of a band like I have with the Chili Peppers. You know what I mean? I haven't had the obsession, um, like you know, the growing to love, the obsession, and then the sort of fallout. Like, I haven't done the full circle with mm-hmm. any other band. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like LCD, with I'm still very much in the the love stage. Maybe not in the like. I'm definitely past the initial love stage because mm-hmm. I can remember falling in love with the band. Yeah. And like with the Chili's, I can remember that because it happened. Um, but then I, I haven't had, I don't have the perspective on any other band like I do with the Chili's,
0: I don't think. Yeah, I just think Except, that, except like, okay, maybe Kanye. Kanye's approaching that territory. Yeah, I think Kanye is the one I could think of. In terms yeah. of like me being young and impressionable and being obsessed with someone, mm. it's got to be- you know, and it's like you've got a, a take on every album. You know what I mean? And why it works and why it doesn't work. And even like you think about it and you think about the kind of graphics and shit as well. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, what would you ask me? Do you want any
1: more comments about what worked? Maybe like as the songs broadly or something like that?
0: Um, I don't know. I think that I've gotten pretty into detail about what I like about which errors and stuff like that. So, <laughs> Just try and solve it in a few sentences. That's what I want. Um, I think this is them at their peak. I think that a more restrained approach for songwriting really paid off in this By The Way era. Having said that, I appreciate the kind of scatteredness of the Californication songs, Intermittent. Sometimes it's a home run with those. Sometimes it's far from that. But, you know, across the whole the board, there's no song that I think is terrible on this, you know, or like.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. But even with the Chili's, oh. it's like, I don't think... Actually, that's not true. I was going to say there's nothing I think is terrible, but obviously, there'd be plenty I think is terrible. I just more meant that, like... It's more <laughs> the that whole it's- part is your brain has blocked out the pre-Blood Sugar albums. It's more... <laughs> so, it, it's like, yeah. what do you mean? It's all good stuff. <laughs> I don't know. But it's the sort of music that it's more like, if I don't like it, I just don't form an opinion on it. It just sounds like boring band music. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I think that my brain chemistry has changed as well that I wouldn't <laughs> come across something like this and really... You know, establish it as being good. You know, do, do you know what I mean? Like, you need to sp- spend time with it. And like, when you're 15 or something, you've got the the time. You got time. You've got, you got time. one thing. You've got time. <laughs> yeah. What doesn't work? Some of the songs aren't as good as some of the other songs. The the Anthony Kiedis fashion. The Matrix camera is a bit of a a bit of a miss, in my opinion. Um, Disagree, but fair. <laughs>
1: um. It doesn't miss. Imagine. The lack of dynamacy in the in the the presentation, like I don't know. it's the, so it, It's a, it's a special, it's a special memorable part of the concert, though. So Is I rate it? it.
0: I just feel like it's something that's tacked in there to be like, "Hey, we're doing a DVD. Let's put this in there." And it's like, "Cool, <laughs> use it four times, great." Anyway, it's like it'd be more interesting to actually show the graphics that they show behind them on stage, which look like cool art direction or whatever, you know. Fair enough. What doesn't work? Yeah, I don't know. Some of the songs aren't as good. Can you name names? I don't know, like Parallel Universe isn't as good. Zephyr Song is not as good as the album. I think, yeah, I don't know what else to say, to be honest. So, overall, what do you rate I, Red Hot Chili Peppers Live I, at Slane Castle? I have no idea how to rate this because I don't even know what I'm remotely comparing it to. <laughs> what am I rating anyway? Yeah, what, what am I rating? The film? Okay, if we're rating the DVD packaging, I, like many people on Wikipedia, was severely underwhelmed. <laughs> Um, you're, you're rating the experience You know what I mean I suppose you're rating the recommendation Would you tell uh, someone to
1: watch this Don't, is, I got don't two you think reviews. that's the way to approach this I think
0: You have to rate this as a, a moment I Man, I I don't know Like If you're asking me on one hand I'd literally give it a 5 Because I just think it's so essential to me as a human being um, That it's a 5 But if I was recommended to someone else I'd probably give it a a 4 You know a light for if it was just to someone for. else, but yeah, for me it's like. So, what's your final answer? It's part. How of do you my want DNA. to answer that? You can go
1: with either. I'm going to give it a
0: five. Fuck it, like this is my life, man. <laughs> yep, play the we'll this play is the horns. Pa- you know, w- 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 send me a music pod. It's semi about us making music to the slimmest extent, and I think this yep. is part of the journey. You know what I mean? This doesn't. Mm-hmm. There's no ego problem in a way with that this this thing. So, yeah, yeah. All right, what about you? Uh yeah.
1: I think that it is I would recommend it and especially seeing firsthand going into it with someone who didn't want to watch it and leaving it with someone who enjoyed it. I'm fairly confident in the quality of this concert. Um I'll give it a four and a
0: half. There you go. Some rave reviews from ego hour here about the chili peppers it, it, it'll be I, I just think this will be a very niche episode of the pod but i'm just like this is for you and me it's gonna be we did it's it, gonna be someone's favorite one, episode <laughs> one for them one for you you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. it's seven for them one for us i've hated every other episode except for this episode yeah i don't know i'm excited well, to do more music once you know i i, I hope that i think we touched on some that works. good stuff here okay all right that is all the time we have well, wow, we could make a bit more time. <laughs> That's all the time you have. <laughs> I am exhausted. I have put my heart and soul into this pod. Mm-hmm. I don't even know. Are we going to plug ourselves or are we just going to plug the chilies? Like, check this yeah. out. This, this one's not for us. Make this them isn't... your favorite band. Yeah. Please watch it. Please watch Slank. and it's. do you have any- It's on YouTube. Any recommendations song-wise or Chili's adjacent or things that might get someone into the chilies? Listen to By The Way, obviously, mm-hmm. Cabron particularly. <laughs> um, uh,
1: just a few. Th- so, listen to By The Way, the album. Um, listen
0: to Purple Stain, uh, Soul to Squeeze. Um, look up John Frusciante singing How Deep Is Your Love on YouTube. Walls. Walls is a great song. Yeah. Look up some John Solo material. Um, what are the... What's uh, Sphere in the Heart of Darkness, I think, is that electronic one that you're just referencing i saw them saw them what's that um the, is, oh, is that the, the will, will to death? death yeah basically carvel carvel that's good um and then the past recedes that's good as well yeah good song and um, that cover um long Flu. oh song to the siren great cover so good the first song on that as well which i can't remember it's called before the beginning i think and it's like a kind of homage to this song by Funkadelic, and it's like a nine-minute guitar solo. is really great if you like that sort of thing. Very beautiful. Cool. All right, this has been another classic, <laughs> <Of> a long <laughs> classic, has. like like a Red Hot Chili Peppers album. This is simply another classic. Like Stadium Arcadium, this part is too long. <laughs> This is, yeah, the Stadium Arcadium at Pods. We will see you next week or whatever week with a shorter podcast. Thank you. Bye. Another
1: classic or a fresh one? If we knew what we wanted, you'd be useless. Tell us what's in, tell us who's done. Another.